hello, hello, and welcome to the Nerd of Godcast. This is that magical, wonderful place where all of your geeky and nerdy desires can stretch out, get uncomfortable, and uh, walk around in their pajamas very liberally in a faith-based environment. Uh, you have just heard our theme song played live by its composer, uh, Keith Stacy, and we are pleased to bring that to you tonight on a very special musical episode. And that means that everything Stephen says tonight is going to be sung. Stephen, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> Fallback plan B. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk music tonight. So of course, with me as always is Steve-O. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. Okay, you, that's that's gotta stop. <laughs> no, no more. No mas. Strang verboten, sir. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. You're you're fired. Uh, Neff is out tonight. He is sick. Uh, he was throwing up all morning long, and I asked him not to come in because I did not want to get the Hitler flu. So we do have, uh, in <laughs> yeah, moving up in the ranks then, we have the twins, Jackie and Jess. Hi. Uh, of course, the man who makes it all happen, pushes the buttons and makes it look fun, Perry's own, Nick the Engineer. Hello. And uh, tonight we have some special guests with us. Christopher LaRue, Hollywood's own. Uh, thank you so much for being with us tonight, man. Great to be here. You, you just flew out from the West Coast, jet setter that you are. And uh, hopefully you'll have a good time. And Chris is a... Uh, well, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I could talk about you. Yeah, You talk about you. <laughs> so I... Let's see. Were you going from birth here? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was born a poor black child. I was born in Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> moved up to Orlando where I got the nickname Hollywood from Tony. That's true. Moved hey. out to Hollywood as part of his destiny. And uh, now I'm back for a weekend to do this amazing podcast. What do you do? Uh, I'm a composer's assistant. Uh, kind of like The Office, like... I, Assistant to the composer, <laughs> not a composing assistant. Don't assist with any actual composing. <laughs> no, I, I get to do half composing and uh, half just technical stuff. Very cool. Been yeah. a good experience for you in LA. Yeah, and it, it's in Santa Monica, so it's it's a it's a nice little it's a nice little gig there. Are you allowed to tell us like who's you, who you're assisting for, or is uh, that top secret? No, it, it's a Bleeding Fingers music shop, part of Extreme Music, and uh, it's owned by Hans Zimmer. Ooh. Yeah, I've heard of him. He's an up and comer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's making okay. his way. He's done a couple tracks. <laughs> yeah, he's dropped an EP or two. Yeah, <laughs> very, very cool, man. Well, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, Chris is uh, a good friend, and he has been for a long time. Of course, uh, we also have a very special guest, as I mentioned before, the composer of the Nerd of Godcast theme song, and a qualified uh, composer in his own right, a musician of some note, Keith Stacy. Hey, great to be here. Great, great to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Keith. All right. Well, I'm a working musician, and uh, I've got a background composing music for some small little video games, and uh, got a feature film, and I'm just a big fan of music in general. Very cool. Love composers. Well, it is so amazing that both of you guys happen to be in town on the night we're having a music episode. There you go. Just Strange. worked out. So yeah. the, the Lord just works in mysterious ways. Uh, we want you guys to be part of the conversation, too. Everybody loves music. If you don't, uh, what kind of godless communist are you? Uh, so I feel bad for the one person who legitimately <laughs> doesn't like music. Like, oh, great. Sorry. I'm a Nazi. Yeah, okay, well, you, I said communist. Different. Uh, same thing. Different branch no, of no, different. communists and Nazis to be. <laughs> All hamburgers are bacon to me. <laughs> That's a different animal, man. Uh, well, it's a, well. 
Uh, welcome to Political Science, a very special <laughs> episode of Nerd of Godcast, where we'll be talking about all of the uh, economic and political systems of the 20th century. Uh, no, tonight we want you to be part of the conversation. Share with us some of your favorite songs, the music that gets your toes a tapping, uh, the theme songs to the adventures and the stories that uh, capture your heart and your imagination, and you can connect with us best online. Uh, we love hanging out on social media. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can check out our blog online at nerdofgodcast.com. Or you can email us directly at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you, connect with you, and exchange some whimsical animated gifts with you. So we're going to open up tonight talking uh, immediately into our subject matter. We're going to talk about soundtracks. Now, uh, we were mentioning a little bit before the show... Uh, some movies that have come out, especially lately, that have been relying very heavily on the licensed soundtrack rather than having their notoriety come from a, a score that a composer would put together, they become more famous for having uh, licensed pre-recorded songs. I'll give you an example. Guardians of the Galaxy. Although that was a really good score for that movie, most people associate it with the awesome mix. So can you can you guys maybe elaborate, Give me give me some ideas of movies that you know that have... Uh, licensed scores that, that kind of stand out to you? The uh, 1989 Batman. 89 Batman, like the Prince score? Mm-hmm. I think, I, I remember that album. I think they asked Prince to do one song, and Prince being Prince, he was like, gave them an entire album worth of music. <laughs> that so they he scored it? It wasn't he licensed, score he just scored it? No, he, no, no, he, no, no Danny, Danny Elfman scored, scored it. But, but I mean, but did he make music, like, was it music he, that was already released, or did he make no, the music for all, the thing? All oh, for no. the okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, songs like Party Man, you know, gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. And they go through and trash the Flugelheim Museum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he chews up the seat. Bat dance. Bat dance, which I wasn't I wasn't in the movie, but it was composed of clips from the movie. Uh, but then there, there was a couple other ones. I've seen the future that it will be. And you just kind of hear him in the background throughout the movie. But um, yeah, that, awesome. was my, that was my Prince impersonation, <laughs> by the way. That was Thank spot you. on. Fantastic. I didn't know. I, I, I really, really closed my eyes and I was there. I know. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, there, there was uh, some licensed music there. Uh, any? I, I got one. Go for it. Forrest Gump. I was just about to yeah. say Forrest Gump was great. <laughs> That's why I wanted to say it now before somebody else took it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it that was, was so wonderful. A, a great reflection of the time and the, the kind of different eras and settings. I love the way they used the, the soundtrack to kind of accentuate the story. You know, mm-hmm. Jenny is tripping out and they're playing Freebird in the background. Or there they are in Vietnam and you go all, all along the watchtower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, anything else? Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. I Wonderful. love the way they took all of them and made it completely different. Yeah. I I prefer your song in Moulin Rouge so much Over more Elton than John's. Elton John's. the Elton John version. Mm-hmm. I like the Elton John version, but I love the one sung by Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. The only Obi-Wan Kenobi if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Uh, anything else? Any, any uh, even video games? I always think about the crow. I think by the end they were making crow movies just to support just the to sell the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was some of the early Marvel movies. I'm pretty sure they put more effort into licensing the soundtrack than they did into actually script writing. Uh, remember <laughs> that Daredevil, Ben Affleck's Daredevil, oh, was what no. gave us oh, Evanescence. Yeah. Oh yeah, really? yeah. They, they and and, uh, and Spider Man gave us Nickelback. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, no. Was Nickelback? Can I, know, um, can I give them Nickelback? Is he from Saliva? The other so guy? the other guy, yeah, Josie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Josie, Josie Wales, Josie yeah. the outlaw, <laughs> Josie Wales. Oh, uh, her like boyfriend guy. No, no the, the other guy, guy that sang with Chad Kroger. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Nickelback. <laughs> He's not from Nickelback. He's from a different band. Exactly. That's the point. 
don't listen to saliva <laughs> point, either. Point made. <laughs> I don't listen Great to job, any, I don't listen to anything that my body can produce. I think Aerosmith was on what? that one. Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> His body produces awesome. nickelbacks. <laughs> <laughs> can I give that nickelback? Uh, <laughs> if it was worth a nickel, I'd let you take it. I think Aerosmith redid the Spider-Man theme for the album. Did they? Mm-hmm. Oh. Did they? I think so. No I remember Aerosmith was on it. Oh, you know what? It was that they did. They did. Um, Michael Bublé redid the Spider-Man theme. That might have been for the second movie. Might have been for the second but movie. They, yeah, I they, remember Michael Bublé. My mom had the CD. No, for no, the first I know you're one. right. No, no. I'm just, I think it was Spider-Man Two. Michael Bublé redid the Spider-Man theme. That's pretty cool. But there was like a punk rock version of the Spider-Man song too, wasn't there? Was there? Like a Spider-Man. Da, da, da. How'd that go? No. <laughs> That's all you get. Da, da, da. <laughs> you gotta pay you want the rest. That may have been Aerosmith. Uh, what about video games? Video games have been doing more of that with the licensed soundtrack. Oh, Grand Theft Auto. With all the, of oh, them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say. I think. Oh, wait, no, I got one. Rock Band. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing but it. And Nick, can you turn his microphone down for a little bit? <laughs> no. Uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, GTA 4, the game was, uh, or, or no, excuse me, GTA Vice City. The game oh, yeah. was far oh, secondary. Yeah. It was like an eight-disc soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a tour of my childhood. It was all 80s stuff, and it was wonderful. Each CD was based on a, a different genre, a different radio station, and uh, that was a, that was a great collection. But with all that good music, I was still just K-Chat. <laughs> Laszlo? <laughs> yeah. See, my favorite thing listening to any radio on any of the Grand Theft Auto games was always like the talk channel. Because right. it was always the most random, crazy stuff on yes. it. Remember, kids, we are a Christian podcast. <laughs> None of us actually endorse the Grand Theft Auto games. We just like 80s music. Burnout Paradise. Burnout Paradise was great. Burnout Paradise was really, really good. Although, I, I still go back to it now and just put my own Spotify playlist over it. I made a Need for Speed playlist that I just, when I'm racing, I, I have to play um, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just, it has to be I, on my I list. have you, a Burnout playlist on my phone. Yes. Do you ever put it on when you're driving and find yourself actually speeding a little bit? One yes. time, on a, I can't finish the story. Okay, <laughs> we mean. were on a youth trip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we had to go back to the church. One of our vans had to come back because a kid oh. left their medicine here uh, so that I had to catch i can't even tell the story i'm gonna get fired <laughs> no you're okay. i did put on my need for speed playlist and i'm I'm pretty sure you we caught made up it, to us by we time made we it to jacksonville in about 90 minutes i'm not 100 <laughs> sure uh, but we we definitely made it on time um keith do you remember the the ea big games oh yeah with um dj uh yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, dj yeah right he was the same guy that did the dj in burnout paradise oh they they transferred they carried him over from all the different the different brands Okay. DJ Gattaca. DJ. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. SSX3. SSX3. My favorite. Yeah. And they, but they would have all the music in there that DJ was. DJ Earworm. What? I don't know. I typed in EA Big DJ. That was the first name that popped no. up on the Google machine. It was DJ <laughs> Earworm. Google has steered you wrong, sir. <laughs> so there's there's all these great games and that have these different soundtracks that sort of tell the story. Um, I remember they're doing that a lot now more in game trailers. Where they'll play uh, the you know the clips of the game to kind of get you excited about it, and they'll have a licensed song over top of it. I found it. What was DJ it? DJ Atomica. DJ Atomica. Wait, was that the one who did Tricky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Dude, and Tricky, Tricky was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And the, and those games were unique because they would actually mix the songs in real time as you were playing. Oh, so yeah. when you were catching air, they would drop out like the the background beat, and then you hit down and boom, and it would kick back in. I love SSX. Oh yeah. Uh, of all the games that need just a, a, an HD remake, we can go back to EA Big. I want SSX in HD. I want Burnout Paradise in HD. That, that's my fist raised to the universe. Make this happen. Show me that you love me. 
But if we're if we're talking about licensed soundtracks and they go into trailers, it's just a really big thing now. A lot of uh, I think that they they made so much money selling that awesome mix for Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I'm not I, I got the vinyl. I'm not I'm not even mad to admit it. <laughs> I bought I bought it like the day after it came out. And then they did another one uh, for the animated series. They had another album that came out. So like, hey, here's the cartoon. Nobody's paying attention to this, but we're gonna make another CD. So my question to you, and this is sort of a one question interview tonight: If they're making a movie of your life, if they're making the Christopher Hollywood LaRue movie <laughs> and and so and you got to pick your licensed soundtrack what are the three songs that each of you would put on your soundtrack for sure this is a very tough question and, and I know that I'm just kind of dropping it on you here and not giving you a whole lot of time to think about it three songs that you think are essential to your story can we use like actual film songs or do they have to be like? Yeah, does it I have mean, to be licensed? like? Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I, I think if for the just regular. In the interest of making the conversation go forward, sure, why not? <laughs> um, if you want the theme song to "Good, Bad, and the Ugly," you to have it. I forget it for you. Go okay. wild. <laughs> Let's go with. Well, I don't know if you guys know Dream Theater, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I forgot that you're a Dream Theater. Yeah, of course, I mean, they're they're um, progressive, chaotic, and but systematic, and that's me. Progressive, chaotic, and systematic. Yes. So you want all Dream Theater. Well, ideally. Okay. Ideally. <laughs> um, or I can go with I'm a Mess by Ed Sheeran just because it tells the whole story. And uh, <laughs> Are you a mess? I guess. I'm a mess okay. Inside right out. Now. Inside oh. <laughs> uh, Is that how the song goes? That's unfortunate. It's the first. It's a good I've song. never listened to that song before. Is it in, in the movie? You said Inside Out. No, it's oh. no. The, no. It's, it's the first line lyrics. of the song. Yeah. Come on, Jessica. I just found this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretending like I know what he's talking about, Steven says. Smiling not. You didn't know that? I'm surprised you didn't know that. Jackie, what's something that would be on your soundtrack? Oh, well, I don't have to give all of them. I can just give you just one. get you. We'll, we'll take it a bite at a time. Okay, um, it's really hard because like there's so many good songs. Yeah, and absolutely. it's really hard to like peg it to me. Sure. Because I'm not good at self-analyzing when it comes to that. Um, Come back to me, please. <laughs> I'm like, like I thought you were about to drop some bills. No, no, I'm like I'm going through my list of. All the music that well, I have, and I'm like idea. trying I need to, to go through my top rated playlist. Like, that's, that's a good idea. What do I idea. play a lot of? Oh, what, that's a great idea. What do you now got? The suggestions come out. That's what you, where I went. What you got, Jessica? Um, well, two out of three is, I mean, one's a Hans Zimmer one. Is she yeah. with you, the Wonder Woman theme from Batman Superman? The Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Bigger Than My Body by John Mayer. Oh, I don't understand. I don't know that song. It's a good one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a good I'll put one. it in my queue. Keith, what do you got, man? Anything? You know, I'd like to think that I walk around and, you know, the majestic Jeremy Soul Far Horizons, but more realistically, <laughs> it's probably that ending song from Mars Attacks that makes all the aliens' heads blow up. Whatever it is, it's got wah guitar, probably. That's a, <laughs> that's a storied analysis right there. Stephen, what you got, man? I, I don't know. My first thought is something from Back to the Future, like the Back to the Future theme song. Um, but honestly, the first, and this is for like a specific time in my life, so back like pre-Jesus would be Lose Yourself by Eminem because that really fits to like how I was. And like if you're doing like the soundtrack of your life, that's like first ha act song. That's your that's your act one. Yes. So what's your transitional moment? When, when Jesus gets a hold of you and, and redeems your life, what is the song for that moment in your Deliver life? Deliver Me by David Crowder Band. Okay. That All right. was quick. That was good, yeah. As soon as you start saying that, it's... He was quick on it. That's good. And the overarching theme, so like the prelude 
if that's correct in music terms, to the to the end overture would be the Back to the Future theme song. No, so nowhere in there are we going to put the denial twist by the white stripe. No, no, no. Okay, no. <laughs> I mean, you can also put Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. If that you is want true. To. <laughs> I, I did accuse him of rambling on a lot when he was younger and today. And I was right. <laughs> and I was right. Jessica, got anything? I just else. Went, no. <laughs> no, Jackie. No, no. We're coming so, back to you. Um, I'm gonna mention two things. One of them, because Stephen kind of mentioned it in tying in with like um, like your life and stuff. Uh, music actually played a really big part in my testimony and how I came to Christ. Cool. And uh, my first night at youth group, I remember we did a skit or drama to Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you and I have very wow. different opinions about that song. First off, I'm very sorry. <laughs> but like that, so- that song's important to me so I feel like that would be included. Now Chris, in- that was your your sister was the one that kind of helped helped us to yeah. develop that drama. I remember yeah. that, Christine. Yeah, so Too that would funny. that would be one of them uh, just because if it's a movie on my life, that's a very pivotal point in my life when I accepted Christ and then uh, what was the other one? Hold on. Oh, it was... Uh, movement to the symphony of themes by John Philip Sousa called after the thunder. It's this really beautiful band piece that um, it starts out really uh, quiet and soft and beautiful. And it just kind of, the whole piece is this gradual crescendo to this fake out end. And then it drops off and then it gets even bigger. And I just, I remember the first time like playing it and hearing it, it just chills. I feel like that's what is a. F- tell me what a fake out end is. I, I, I apologize that I'm asking that. I just oh no, it's like I want to make an assumption. No, no, like the uh, with the piece being a gradual crescendo the entire time, it makes you think it's ending because the band swells on this big chord and then it kind of drops down to the beginning theme again, and then it swells even bigger to finally end. Like a, a reprise of some sort. Sure. Sure. Why sure. not? Well, that sounds like a musical word. Sounds good. That I didn't just make up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would love to have Bohemian Rhapsody in mind, but I feel like Suicide Squad kind of ruined that. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, for me, I'm thinking I, I would want to see probably on my Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. Oh, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> was, was that a good one? That's a sad one. Wait, Carry On My Wayward Son? Yes. Why is that oh, sad? It is sad. It's associated show. with a TV show for me. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, sorry, I guess. Okay. No, it's not your fault. It's a great song. It's just... For a while, Thank you. I would cry when I heard Nick, it. Nick, you got anything? <laughs> Not even going to try, huh? Well, if I had to say one, it'd be the theme song for Voyager. Star, Star Trek. Trek Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because why not? You may be the purest nerd here. <laughs> Not 100% sure. I don't know that I have anything else. I really wish I, I did. I set the bar at three because I thought that'd be I an easy another, number. I have another one that I just thought, thought of. Okay. Uh, uh, Life and Death by uh, Michael Giacchino for the Lost soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would that be part of your licensed soundtrack? Be- I d- I love that so much, and it is for some reason really speaks to me. Like it gives me an emotional reaction every time I listen to it. Yeah, that's the song that's like there's three notes to it. Yes, I can play it on the piano. That's so how that, difficult that's it is. That's how difficult it is. <laughs> but, it's, but it still triggers something. Like you have that playing at the beginning of my life, and then on my deathbed. So it's life. The, your bookend death. song. Yes. All right. Does it have to open up on like a close up of your eyeball? And that's yes. That's, <laughs> I'm sure that's, my eye closing. that's how all of Lost went. Anybody got anything else? Ooh, Moonlight Serenade. Oh, Glenn Miller. You guys, oh, your license soundtrack my, is way different than I would have imagined. <laughs> I miss, I like, I miss. Glenn Miller, we got John Philip Sousa over here. Well, you not said a march, mo- though. It's not a march. You said Moonlight Serenade. 
Can't my mind, for some reason, went to Moon Age Daydream by David Bowie. And I'm like, it's an interesting choice. <laughs> I went to Moonlight Sonata, which only brings me back to the piano puzzle in the first Resident Evil game. <laughs> <laughs> which I believe that the, the remake for that is going to be the uh, free, now, free today, game. Yeah. Today. So. And Transformers Devastation, which I'm going to get. Yay. Excitable. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, I think that this has been, uh, I'm going to call this a 50% success, this, this <laughs> exercise that we've just embarked on. So uh, congratulations, everybody. Great job. None of none of you are fired for the moment. You're all still on the island. Very, very hard question. Uh, very cool. Well, before we get too, too far into some things, I have a couple items that I want to go over. One thing I just had to have to do by way of housekeeping uh, It is tonight's best thing oh. I should be more excited when I say this. Tonight's best thing ever, 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 ever. And uh, best thing ever is something that we do every week. It is our tournament bracket system where we pit against uh, one another, many superheroes or uh, monsters or what have you. This season, we've been focusing on uh, non-superpowered superheroes. And uh, this particular round that we have, survey has just ended. Your votes have come in. Democracy in action. Uh, tonight was Batman. Versus the Black Widow. Anyone care to tender oh. a guess on who won that one? Did I vote? Probably I'm Batman. guessing Batman. It was Batman. Okay. <laughs> not uh, not by a landslide, cool. however. Uh, with just over uh, 27, 27%, just over a quarter of the vote, Black Widow did hang in there. Oh, okay. So she wasn't wholly embarrassed. But uh, Batman does come off the winner. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So Batman does move on into the next round, uh, which gives us... Uh, one of the uh, our tonight's contest is going to be one of the ones that is uh, I don't know this is going to be an interesting one because I, I feel like this one's going to be really one sided. Somebody's going to have to come out and contest pretty hard to change my mind on this. But tonight's contest is the Green Arrow versus the Iron Man. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ollie. Does anybody have any reason that you can convince me that Green Arrow would actually be able to beat Iron Man? No, he, he, he might uh, annoy him to death with the petty drama. <laughs> that's well, that's, that's Arrow. That's Arrow. Like, oh, that's like, like, the that's Green CW Arrow. Arrow. Okay, CW Arrow. If it's CW Arrow, I'll, I'll would take Stephen Amell. I'll take whichever one you, you want at this point. Green Arrow beat Hawkeye, but can Green Arrow beat Iron Man. I don't think so. I highly doubt it. I'm still for Hawkeye beating Arrow. So. Well, as well, is... Too late, Jackie. I know it's too late, but in my heart, Hawkeye won that one. As is the case every week, the truth of the matter is in your hands. So you can join us online and cast your vote this week for the best thing ever. Green Arrow versus Iron Man. It's going to be a great match as we move into the last half of our second round of best thing ever. So get out there and vote the... Poll will be live by the time you hear my voice right now. So get out there. You can find us on Twitter.com at Nerd of Godcast, and that's where our poll will be for this week's best thing ever. And now it's time for Neff News. Hey, everybody. This is Neff. Yeah, Neff's not here tonight, so there is no Neff News. Uh, like I said, he's at home throwing up. So uh, to celebrate his vomit, we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, Neff puking. Let's <laughs> celebrate. Tell me everybody. Good job, good job. You know, confetti, the, just the, like when he's the Bible says, it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean, but what comes out of him. Uh, so we have got uh, snack time, bonus snack time. Um, snack time, everybody. It's not yep. the crabs cool. again, is it? Um, I don't know what this bed. is. This snack time <laughs> was donated to us by a lady from our church named Stacy. She brought in a Tokyo Disney Resort bag. 
that has a bunch of Japanese snacks in it. Oh, with no. no translation. I don't know what they are because they're uh, Japanese. How long ago did she go to Tokyo Disney? Uh, About three years ago. Yeah, I don't know. But they, no, the she expiration gets, she has date like a subscription these, service, so they send it they to her. They send it to her. Oh, so okay. we have got a lot of things here. Um, this is sketchy looking. So uh, help me describe what it is. That has a Pikachu on it. This I want the Pikachu one, whatever that is. <laughs> it looks safe. All right, so Chris, I'll give you one of these. Keith, I'll give you one of these. Jessica, I'll give you this. Jackie, I'm going to give you this. Now, That's what I want you guys to do before be we, we open Jackie. them, what I want to see if you guys can do is just actually describe to us what it is that we are looking at because we have uh, five different items here. So we'll kind of pop them open and we'll share them one by one, see what we think of them. But tell me what it is, Jessica. Tell me what it is, guys, that we are uh, looking at. Describe it to our listeners. Oh, oh I'm nervous now. Uh, describe <laughs> it before you open it and actually oh, dig into it, sorry. Steven. Yes, I thought you might like open it and describe it. I'm so nervous. Um, give give this back to me. You're you're done. I've touched it with my fingers. That's, well, that's <laughs> weird that you would do that. Uh, this has a picture of a frog in a cop costume. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, and it looks like little round, like I don't know, some kind of food ball with. It's a food ball. With like oregano on it or something. I don't know. A law enforcement amphibious based food ball. Like I really hope they're not like frog meat and stuff. Okay, Ugh. could be frog meat. I think Sunny's not here. It's right. a riveting description. Three yellow balls that are babies because mm-hmm. they have one curly hair coming out of the top of the head. That's a that's typical of a baby. One, one is extremely excited, one is nervously excited, and one is cautiously smiling at the one above him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, any kind of idea of what they might be? Either Cracker Jack-like things, or they look like pops. Like yeah, corn pops. Or kicks. Yeah, yeah. Or kicks. No, okay, yeah. so it's Gotta some have kind of pops. corn yeah. cereal-looking thing. Keith? Got a bright yellow package with some pink and what looks like potato crackers, I guess, and a little caricature of a guy looking at me like he's concerned. Probably <laughs> <laughs> because he is. He's like, don't he's be concerned about me. I don't just love potato crackers. I just love that he's like caricature. Yeah. <laughs> so what is what is on yours, Stephen? All right, it's a pink package. It looks like there's grapes behind him, and it's Pikachu is the him I'm talking about, uh, and it's an advertisement from assuming Pokemon X and Y. There's an X and a Y on here, and then on the back it says "for sale in Japan only." Fair enough. So oh, no we FDA didn't buy it. approval. Well, I mean, you know, also says I mean, Game Freak on there somewhere. Game mine, Freak. I think mine could say that, but it's all in Japanese. This is all in Japanese. Yes, it is. I have no Except idea. Except for the X and the Y, and the for sale in Japan only. Jackie, enlighten us. Mine um, has some little chibi Asian men enjoying what looks to be a bar of chocolate. What does chibi One of them is hugging the bar of chocolate on my wrapper. Mm. And I can kind of read on the end, it says Moogie Choco Bar. Yeah, Moogie Choco Bar. So I'm going to assume it's a chocolate bar bar and it kind of looks like it has like some Rice Krispie stuff in it. So mine actually might be enjoyable. Might be enjoyable. All right, so let's uh, let's bust one open. We'll start with Jess and uh, just, just take it open and we'll pass it around and sort of communally share it. Damn, pass it around. What if I don't want to share my chocolate? I don't know if we should even be eating all of this, but we're going to. All right, Jessica, describe the smell to us first off. The smell is going to be very telling. The smell is going to make me throw up. (laughs) It's like vinegar and garlic or something. Okay. I don't even know. All right, so pull one out and uh, just pass it around. It looks like like a crouton. Yeah, weird like croutony chicken nugget tater tot thing. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yes. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. It, it, yeah, it looks like a tater tot uh, crouton funyun thing. 
All right, pass that over for Jackie and for Nick. And uh, Hollywood just acts surprised when we do this. All right. Nick's got to smell it first. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely it's definitely got something to it. All right, soy sauce. here Smell we go, round one. Yeah. Eat the dakimas. Yeah, that's got soy sauce. That's not bad. Interesting. That's actually not ah. bad. Yo, no. <laughs> like a vinegar oh. funion. Yeah, it's kind of got a, like a like Worcester a vibe. Oh. Worcester. Like a funion. Yeah, oh. Worcester. I don't like funion. You don't like funion? <laughs> All right, Chris, help us out. Open up yours. Oh. <laughs> yes, you. Cleanse our Literally. palate. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yep, yep, yep. I feel like we should have tear drinks yeah, for tear palates. It, tear it open. <laughs> All right, like, these don't look on. like corn pops, but kind of they look exactly like Ooh. the thing we just ate, but smaller. It, it looks like um, less chivy. Like uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> chivy a word? What it do you is call now. those things that you pack? Uh, Styrofoam peanuts. Yes, it looks like that, but there's another word for them. Packing peanuts. What you put inside like packages. Packing, Packing peanuts. peanuts. <laughs> sure. I mean, Packing peanuts. Call them what you want. That's what they're called. I know. I know if the peanuts is what they were called. You're going to want to enunciate that. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, all right, Nick. All the snacks are ending up at Nick, so he's just over there. <laughs> this smells <laughs> exactly the same. That or I'm smelling my fingers from You're before. smelling your fingers. You're smelling your fingers. No, it still smells exactly the same to me. All right, here we go. Round two. Eat the dakimasu. Oh, this is much better. It tastes much like better. corn pops. It does. It tastes exactly That's like sweet. cake. That's sweet. That's sweet. It definitely tastes like a corn pop. I want milk. I'm still tasting that last one. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely get a, a flavor that lingers. For, for, kind of reminds palates. me of the Kix cereal. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. Extra sugar, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Aftertaste. Oh. It's light and airy. It's not bad. It, like, melts in your mouth. All right, Keith, let's see what we have. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> all right. just stomping away at him. Nick is just, he's got all the whole satchel of them yeah, over there. Oh, these are chip-like. Oh, these are, like, look like Pringles. Chips. They smell stale. They look stale. like baked lays. Oh, I took two. And one's on the floor. Well, Let's pick, though, like a plantain chip. A plantain mm. chip. Those are mm. good. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, this smells like a chip. It a smells very like astute a chip. observation, Stephen. It, like it looks like a plantain chip. It looks like a chip. It, it smells like a, like a chip. chip. Might be a chip. All right, like round three. Eat the nakamas. Oh. It's a stale chip. Banana chip. Very thick chip. It's a stale Japanese chip. It kind of tastes Fruit like a plantain. Chip. Like a banana yeah. chip. <clears throat> Having fun over there, Nick. Oh, Maybe it's like a sweet potato. Sweet potato cracker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. That's my favorite one so far. It's really not bad. 10 out of 10 on all of them so far. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is like, I hope you didn't want any of this leftovers. He's just. Um, I don't know what to do with this little Pikachu. We're going to have to try and split it. I think I'm just going to wrap it up and we'll share this one later on. This, oh, that's the one I was excited for. It, it doesn't. Yeah, I know because you were like manipulating it with your fingers. It was really it was weird. Manipulating. Weird that's an unmanipulatable. So let's, uh, let's go straight back to Jackie and her. Uh, Chocolate, My rice crispy, your little moogie choco bar. Moogie choco bar. Hopefully, there's enough there that we can. I don't think there is. Divvy it up and share it. If not, make sure that Nick gets it last. <laughs> um, Nick has a. Explaining oh, a that looks like a turd. <laughs> 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 like if you left that in a swimming pool, they would evacuate. <laughs> How do I break this up? All right, just communion style, okay, kid. No, break off please. a piece, pass it around. I'm trying to like break off a little piece. That's not gonna work. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. All right. We'll just hope everybody washed their hands. Oh, well. That looks really fresh. <laughs> you can take a bigger piece of that because he's like, that's just a nibble. All right. You're good. Here, guys, split that up. Figure it out. The only thing I don't like being about last with this one is that everybody has touched it. That's okay. <laughs> that's what you get. Cooties you can handle. It definitely smells like chocolate. It's choco. Eat the dakimasu. 
Mm-hmm. It's coffee. It yeah. Is yeah. Yep. That's probably why there was old Asian men having it. Hey. Ooh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> enjoy nope. that. Nope. Mm. Nope. Tastes like a old, like a very old chocolate wafer. It's almost like a protein bar, like a coffee protein bar. Yeah, because I admit that just might be the dryness of it. Watch this be like a pre-workout bar for Japanese men, and we are like, yeah, let's go, let's do this music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't really think about any what's, like what's the Japanese inadvertent word for side effects. From <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see for four days. <laughs> this is for sale way, in Japan. This doesn't Japan. expire until February of next year. Any, any lingering effects of these last more than four hours, consult your physician. Oh All right. What did uh, you eat? I'm not sure. Well, that was snack time, everybody. Um, snack time, <laughs> I feel like snack that was time, everybody. A smorgasbord of... Nick, what are you just <laughs> <laughs> What if we wanted more, Sadler? Pounding back the Funyun Nuggets over there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we change his name to Funyun Nuggets? <laughs> Nick is um, planning no. a Japanese vacation Funny now. Nuggets, sad boy. Um, sorry, Nick. And it, uh, did not mean to brand you uh, with something <clears throat> unintentional. Change your your uh, PlayStation ID from NW Sadler <coughs> to Funny Nuggets. No. Okay. All right, moving right along. We are going to play a game tonight. Hey. And this is a game that anybody can play from your the comfort of your own home or right here around the table. Uh, there is a famous composer. Does a lot of work for movies. You might have heard of him. His name is Michael Giacchino. Hey! I love Michael G. Uh, Michael Giacchino is very prolific, works uh, a lot and in a a wide variety of uh, movies. Scoring the new Rogue One. Oh, really? Oh, he Ooh. is yeah, fantastic. Yes. It's about time uh, John Williams cut off a piece of that well, Star Wars pie. It's going to be pie. Alexander Desplat, and then they did reshoots, and they lost him as far as scheduling, so they moved over to Michael Giacchino. Well, yeah, so he is no part of John Williams. No part of it. Yeah, no, no. John Williams probably working out. on the, the they'll his probably trilogy. use his main theme. But yeah, it's, it's a whole different. Do you think deal. they will? I, I, I would be very I surprised kinda, if yeah, in Rogue One they, they do the, the scrolling text. Because the whole look is, is It's different. gotta be different. It's, yeah. Otherwise it's just another Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. We were watching him live in concert doing the, the Star Wars uh, stuff. John Williams? Yeah. Because everything happens in LA. And it, <laughs> no, but he was saying that he took the, the first episode because he wanted to do it but also he fell in love with, with the character the female character I'm sorry what's their name? Padme? Or Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray. Okay. He fell in love with Ray. Everyone who saw that movie fell in love with Ray. Yeah, I love her theme. That's my favorite yeah, thing and, in the entire uh, movie. And he said he, he loved the character, and he wants to like doesn't want anyone else to write for her because he loves her so much. So wow. is he just going to do that trilogy? That's why I'm and surprised he's not writing for. Rogue he's like 84 years, years old. Well, there you go. Yeah, Rogue, <laughs> Rogue, Rogue One takes place <laughs> place like 60 years before. Yeah, it takes yeah. place uh, before it's Episode between, Four, yeah, three and four. I guess maybe maybe 40 years, 30 years, how 40 years. How long has it been since Star Wars came What's out? What's the space rate years. conversion? Almost four, almost <laughs> 12 four, 30, parsecs. 39 years. <laughs> no, well, Rogue One takes place like right before Episode 4. Right. So uh, how how long has it been since Episode 4? 77, so 40 years. 39 yeah. years, yeah. Whatever. Tatooine has two sons, so you get to add the extra year. On the, <laughs> on the leap year. All right, this is a game uh, that we're going to play uh, that I like to call <clears throat> The More Eugea Kino. <laughs> Name pending. Name pending. Um, or uh, alternately, um, this is a game that I like to call Giaki Know It All. Oh. <laughs> Some like other person better. better. Okay, whatever. Name, name pending. Uh, what we're going to do is Michael Giacchino has a really cool quirk that on his soundtracks, he likes to name his songs cute puns. 
punny names that either, <laughs> have you not noticed this, yeah. Keith? They're they're names that have to do with uh, the scene or the theme of of where it goes. And without giving too much away, he does a lot of tongue in cheek wordplay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to delve into the Michael Giacchino catalog, and I'm going to read you some of the tongue in cheek track titles and see if you can tell me from that alone what movie they are from. Is it oh, strictly are we just movies? Are it out or is this if like we, civilized? Or do we need <laughs> a civilized? Uh, we, we should have our buzzers, but we don't, so that's okay. So if you know, uh, buzz in by saying your name. Let him right. finish wait, wait, the question. question. Strictly movies? Like strictly no TV? Strictly movies. Okay. Uh, did I say movies or did I say TV? I was just clarifying. I just, so that no, way I know. But I said movies, right? Yes, but I'm just clarifying because he's done TV as well. I I'm just clarifying. But I said movies. Yes. Okay. Like I said, alien, I'm just so. clarifying. Just want to make sure. Nick, could you play that back and just see if I said TV shows and movies? <laughs> sure. I did because I did. I just wanted some clarification, okay. sir. Very good. Very good. Feel free to invite anybody to the party you like. Oh, um, dagger. Here we go. Um, all right. <clears throat> Gyrosphere of influence. Growl and make up. Costa Rican standoff. Clearly his first rodeo. Raptor your heart out. Oh, yeah, Jurassic World. Jurassic yeah. World uh, is correct. Okay. Oh, Spear yeah. Of influence, yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right. Gray's a mad at me. <laughs> Ticket to write. Hops goes after the weasel. Zootopia? It is Zootopia. Oh. You did have to ring in by saying your name. But oh. Did you say and your name, Keith? No, I can't. And, but, and oh. but we what did is, run out of questions. So it's yeah. gonna, What is Zootopia? It, it is Zootopia. <laughs> it's uh, a movie. Some of my best friends are predators, and you fell for it. E-W-E fell for uh. it. <clears throat> Thank you, lucky star date. Night on the Yorktown. Star Trek Beyond? It is Star Trek Beyond. Hitting the saucer a little hard. Motorcycles of Relief, and Crawly, Crawly, Oxen Free. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. Along Simeon Lines. Caesar No Evil, Here's No Evil. Steven. Steven. Uh, Rise of the Planet nope. of the Apes. The Apes of Wrath. Ape Crusaders. Monkey See, Monkey Coo. Monkey to the City. Nicholas. Nick. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is correct. Because <laughs> those titles need to be switched. That's why, because the Dawn, the first one is like they're starting. I don't, I'm mad at the titles. I was going to confuse because the first one is more of a Dawn. Uh. <laughs> um, you know, Steven's going to be starting a letter writing campaign. So if you are behind the Dawn Rise switch, by all means, write It makes write more in. sense that way. We'll fix it in post haste. Train of thought. Lambs on the Lamb. Radio Haze. Steven. Steven. Super 8. Super 8 is ah, correct. Yes, that's, I, thought, I was waiting for more, but I thought I had it with the train one. You got it. Lava in the Afternoon. Live or Death. 100 Mile Dash. I'm getting oh, that. Mm. Yeah. I didn't say my name. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's the Incredibles. It is Dang the Incredibles. It. I actually had that I, one. <laughs> I thought, of, like, once again, I thought it was the first one, but I'm like, I need to wait and hear a couple more. My I heard favorite Lava is and I thought it was the short. The last song, The In Credits. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, all right. <clears throat> Another probably easy one. Enterprising Young Men. Steven. Steven. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> nice to meld you. Does it still McFly? <laughs> Nero Death Experience. I was about to <laughs> call Last him. one. A little tougher. Knife to a gunfight. In Russia, phone dials you. Love the glove. Mission impersonatable. Nicholas. Nick. 
Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That's correct. Wow. Uh, very good. And uh, from Russia with with shove, and Mumbai's the word. So very good. That's been uh, that's been the more you Giacchino. <laughs> That is its own theme what song. a nerd. <laughs> Can you make one? <laughs> uh, very cool. Um, I don't know what we're even doing next. Uh, we're here to talk about music tonight, and I don't want to waste uh, waste any more time before we really get into this. I mean, we could tap dance around it all night long, but uh, we've got some amazing, talented musicians here, and uh, want to talk about soundtracks and why music really brings the stories that we love to life. Um, there's so many different movies and there's so many different games and so many different ways that we connect from a story-based perspective, but uh, at the heart of it, what we come back to is iconic music, music that really creates the environment, the ambiance, uh, theme songs that, that capture our heart. From the minute you hear that opening bomb in a Star Wars movie, you immediately know where you are. It takes you back to every scene that, that you've seen. Um, when a certain character's theme might play, you know, you immediately relate to it. When uh, the, the minute anywhere you are anywhere in the world right now if you go da 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 bum exactly people immediately know what to do because it takes you to a certain time and place so we're going to talk about music tonight and the way that it helps the stories that we enjoy become uh, more epic more memorable and uh, more engaging uh, so before we do let's talk about our favorite soundtracks whether they're video game soundtracks movie soundtracks um, we're, we're going with scores here more than the licensed soundtracks from earlier but but let, let's talk about some of your favorites the things that um, that, that really capture you the things that, that take you to that happy place what do you think? I'm going to go before Keith steals mine. <laughs> uh, for video games, I'm sorry. I love Skyrim. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yes, this guy, Jeremy Soul, he's really, really good in the way he like just creates the atmosphere. And every time I listen to it, I'm like, in my car, I, I know the area. I know I'm about to go into a battle with a bear. You know? <laughs> so. Mud crab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mud crabs. <laughs> Very, very good, man. That's a great soundtrack. Uh, Keith let me borrow his uh, soundtrack. Did I ever give that back to you, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, autograph. <laughs> Thank My goodness. Autograph it was an autograph soundtrack. Yeah. And I, I love the the fourth disc, yeah. which is just, just ambience. Just ambience. Yep. Amazing. Uh, that is my number one song played in my iTunes. Yeah. It, I, it's like 148 listens because I would just leave it on and loop it all day. Really wonderful. You know, I loved I loved Skyrim, but uh, for me emotionally, because it's the first time I heard Jeremy was on Morrowind, and uh, the music to me was such a weird mix between sophistication and, and just wild, or you know, just very it, it was very unusual. And uh, I think they gave him a lot of leeway. And I, I I ran to the computer and I checked out who this guy was. And next thing I know, I'm playing Rise of Azeroth, which had a magnificent score, but it was a, you know, it wasn't a great <laughs> terrible game. game. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's he's written a lot of great ones. Personally, for me, the soundtracks that stand out to me are the ones that take the most risks. Because uh, if I say Resident Evil, the first one soundtrack versus Silent Hill soundtrack, I think that the Silent Hill is going to ring a little bit more familiar because it's got that mandolin at the beginning. Um, you know, things like that. You think about like Halo starts off with the Gregorian chants. They've got this signature thing that makes it their own. Right. Very cool, Jackie. Uh, yes. Um, kind of like a, what Hollywood was talking about, uh, to where you play, he plays something and it's like, I know exactly where I am in the game. Yeah. That's how I feel with Skyward Sword. It has like a six hour soundtrack that you can listen to on YouTube and I have done it and I have been able to say, <laughs> this is exactly where you are in the area and this is what's happening and this is what's going on. Um, and 
Skyward Sword was the 25th anniversary uh, game to yeah. come out for Zelda, and with that um, came a the bonus CD. CD. Oh with yeah, the orchestra. You wore that CD out, kid. That was the like it, it broke. It legit. Yeah. I, I cried. But um, that CD was the soundtrack of my senior. That's all I listened to wow. nonstop, and I actually got to see the. Um, the, the orchestra when they did the um, Symphony of the Goddesses tour when they came to Orlando nice. I got to see them twice that's cool and it, I remember the first time I went to go uh, see them sitting down in the seat and just seeing the stage with like the two harps set up and you had the logo on the top screen and I like was hyperventilating I was so excited <laughs> I was like yes does Koji Kondo still do the music for Zelda I believe so that's really cool and that music has evolved a lot from like the 8-bit soundtrack to oh, yeah. when what they've been him, doing it was now. The 8-bit soundtrack. Yeah, I, I loved it then. Um, and I'm gonna tell you, like going back, Zelda was probably the first video game soundtrack that I absolutely just fell in love with, and I would play in my head when I would go play in the woods mm-hmm. and pretend like I was Link on some adventure. I would dun 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 dun, dun, dun and I would I was there, man. And even Zelda 2, which was a, a far less uh, adequate game, it was very different. The soundtrack is still really really amazing. I've forgotten how good the soundtrack was until. We, we started playing Smash Brothers and they brought back some of the like the temple theme from Zelda 2 and I'm like wow this is really a, a good song and uh, so there, there, there's a lot but Zelda all the way through Ocarina mm-hmm. of Time I mean that's that's a solid franchise when it comes to soundtracks so good you realize it's the same guy who did Mario too and he's, he's got a lot of versatility absolutely it makes you wonder what he was thinking when he came up with the Mario stuff because Ze- Zelda it's magical and it's heroic yeah Mario it's Bum, 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 bum. I, I don't know. Digga, digga, digga. My favorite, as far as musically, I, I love the the the. It's the, they don't do it in all the boards. It's the one where you're running it, the, the underwater theme from Super Mario. Got that triple meter going. That's that's a that's a very interesting one. It's not as iconic, but I do like the Mario theme song. I like them less now. When you play like the newer Super Mario, they seem a lot more generic. I like a lot more washed out. I like the Super Mario World one. See, I like Super Mario Three. There's the great Mario. Oh my goodness, Nintendo just nailed it. So so many great songs. Jess, what do you think? I have almost every World of Warcraft expansion soundtrack <laughs> on my on a the playlist. The other day, I, I walked in, I'm like, what are you listening to? That's World of Warcraft, isn't it? Yes, yeah, absolutely. It, was, it was the cinematic intro to Mr. Pandaria. Uh, funny. Isn't so. there, like, a new one, that, that Legion. Revelations or something like Legion. that? That takes Legion? place, like, it's got, like, a Asian kind of... Oh, that's uh, uh, Mr. Pandaria. That's, the that's one exactly what I was, yeah. And okay. that's how I knew it was. I'm like, I was this is the one... I this track, Neil Akery, and it was just, just blew me away. This is the one with the pandas, right? Yeah. Well, Jeremy sold sort scored some of that. Really? Yeah, I think he's got a track or two in there. Very cool. Nick, what's your favorite? Because I know, like, you're <laughs> quiet, but music is your thing. I remember one day you came over to my house, and I was listening to movie soundtracks. You sat at my dining room table, and every time something would start, you'd be like, that's this, that's this, that's this. You just <laughs> nailed it every time. What, what soundtracks speak to you? Here lately, anything by Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Which is a wide variety. <laughs> <laughs> like, Gladiator, all the Batman movies. Um 
Uh, Did you like the soundtrack from Interstellar? Yes, I was just that's the one I was trying to <laughs> yeah. think about. It's such a good soundtrack. I, I love the, the the story behind that. Steven, I think you were the one that told me that when when he said, "Okay, well, this is the movie," he he just basically wrote him like a one paragraph. Uh, Chris Nolan said this is like a one paragraph description of the movie. Yeah, and he built the the primary soundtrack off that of smart. that. That was smart. If you didn't give him that kind of creative leeway, you, you tap into that gut instinct yeah. of what would build the score. That's pretty yeah. amazing. It's great. I um, I really like. I mean, Back to the Future. I love. Uh, I won't say it's like the like a phenomenal uh, soundtrack. It's just my favorite. Like every time I go to Universal Studios here in Orlando, and the Back to the Future theme will play, I'll just stop and listen to it for a second. That's uh, interesting. He will part. dance. Yeah, but so I will. Was like twenty seven when he scored that. Like you really? can you can hit the first wow. the first note so like the little, like thing. I can't hit it because <laughs> I'm not a singer. But like that first note, like I instantly know what it is. Uh, I also I really like the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack. That's my favorite of the three, the the Chris Nolan Batman movies. But if I'm just going by like soundtracks that I absolutely love, and I've already mentioned it, is the Lost soundtrack uh, for all six seasons. But mostly because Giacchino got really creative with it, and he actually took pieces of the plane from the set and used that as uh, percussion elements for the for the for the soundtrack. And it's just the, he has so many different callbacks throughout the show that he puts into the soundtrack that like will pull some emotions from you um, that's pretty cool yeah i also if you're going video games i really 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 like the uh last of us soundtrack oh yeah very cool. simple but very to good too bioshock and uh, yeah. journey as well yes i would say fallout but fallout's sport. licensed and i'm mad at myself for not thinking of that earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh man the ink spot uh dang it man um what's that other one everyone's gone to the rapture also has a really oh, yeah. really good Jessica one curry yeah, that was a really good one. I, I I didn't even I just heard Tony listening to it before I played the game. I think when I played that game, when I, I downloaded that soundtrack, and I think that I listened to it for like a week straight. It was never even it's wonderful. Yeah. You never you never played Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. It's, oh, it's great, it's remarkable. Also, I'm just I don't know I don't know if we're still gonna keep talking about this, but I really like how in Bioshock Infinite they had the different versions of the song, like the like modern songs. Yeah, I really like through, through the t- the riffs. Yeah, like the uh, like the like a like a I almost said a B sharps version, but like. Um, <laughs> B-sharps. But yeah, like a barbershop, barbershop quartet, quartet version of, of the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beach Boys, yeah. yeah. And then uh, you have the one guy playing like, uh, like everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, really yeah. like I really, I thought that was really, really cool and, and really it tapped creative. into the whole multidimensional Yeah, because yeah, they, they were taking the music through the riffs that she was opening. Was yeah. it Postmodern Jukebox? Postmodern Jukebox. It was sort of like that oh, okay. Like the, the game kind of takes a, place that in that, that early, was it like 1919 or something like that? It's like 19, yeah. yeah, like so early. So you kind of have that ragtime vibe, but they're they're getting the music from the modern day yeah. through these riffs. And I love that scene at the end when, when they're there and it's Booker, right? And yeah. Booker mm-hmm. to win. Right and, and the tear opens up and you can see the, the marquee on the movie theater that says Star Wars. Revenge yeah. of the Jedi mm-hmm. in French. Yeah. 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 That, was, that was really awesome. Yeah. And, and you're hearing through there, I think girls just want to have yeah. fun. Yeah. Really, um, that was such a great game it musically. Was, I, 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 when it comes to like games and soundtracks, that one also pops to mind. It's really, really well done. Very and very immersive. That's one that it it almost doesn't kind of paint an underscore. It's something that is just as vital to the experience because it's environmental. Oh, yeah. uh, especially when you're in Rapture in the first Bioshock games. Oh. We gotta yeah. give Gary Scheiman the props for creating that sound that permeated through the whole series because you realize this is the same guy who scored Destroy All Humans. <laughs> <laughs> the Godzilla uh, yeah. knockoff. I mean, he was like game. a TV yeah. writer back in the day. He wrote for like the A Team and yeah. Greatest American Hero That's and stuff funny. like that. That's Destroy some versatility right there. But Bioshock has such a signature sound that carries through the whole series. When, when we talk about different games, um, 
there's there's great soundtracks whether they're just kind of fun you know brainless cute quirky soundtracks or whether they're just iconic immersive theme songs uh, I'm trying to think of like games that have definitive theme songs like an anthemic song for the game I think Ego. that but <laughs> yeah I, I but that's the Sims, a, the, the Sims is good <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. every time I would use music uh, from the Sims in a music bed for something Angry we do Birds. at church you would always call me out on that Angry Birds even is a good on this one. podcast yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> Shh, they're licensed I love um, I love Pomplamoose's version of the oh, Angry yeah. Birds theme yeah. song that's oh worth, yeah that's worth looking up <laughs> on YouTube where they yeah. kind of sing it yeah that's how they yeah. do it. that's really good um uh, we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but like themes that are iconic, like the like the Indiana Jones soundtrack. That's definitely like th- there's something about that song, that anthem, that when uh, you don't really hear that so much in video games anymore. I mean, the the, the easiest translation I think would be something like Uncharted. Oh yes. yes, Uncharted. Why did I not think of that? Why are you doing that to your face? I don't know because I'm I'm flustered. But uh. Uh, and Uncharted is so good, and I, I, spoilers abound here, but um, I love even that they were able to take the theme song from Uncharted and do it in the same acoustic guitar style of The Last of Us mm-hmm. during the epilogue of Uncharted 4, Yeah, which that emotionally undid all of the tangles in my heart that the beginning of The Last of Us created. Yes. So it's like, thank you, Naughty Dog. It took a whole other game to do it, but you finally made things right. Yeah. Um, what, what, are there any like iconic, anthemic video game soundtracks that you can think of that didn't originate in the 8-bit days, like like Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Bros. Halo. Halo. Yeah. Halo, Silent Hill. I mean, that, that definitely carried through that. And they did, I think they even used the Silent Hill theme pretty exactly in the, in movie. the movie. Yeah. 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 Battlefield like 242. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm an FPS guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't do it, but I like the Fallout one. But I can't, I can't recall it right now, which is kind of and that's the thing. I'm I'm talking about songs that are like that are hummable. Oh, you know, yeah. like, like Metal, Metal Gear Solid. You know, Harry Gregson Williams did that score for Metal Gear Solid too. And yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Until Snake Eater, that that wasn't as good. But I like the intro <laughs> of Snake Eater. I thought the intro of Snake Eater was wonderful. That very James Bond esque oh, intro. I, I thought it was embarrassing. You know, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I was embarrassed to sit. There you were embarrassed the by that in the game when uh, when later on in the game he's gonna dress up like a crocodile. Oh, come on. And, you ever play a game and you're like hoping somebody doesn't walk in and see what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about the game. Right. What was the one? No. What was the one that um. Mr. Mosquito, maybe that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's incredible crisis. Final Fantasy VII. Incredible <laughs> Crisis. That was the one. That was the one I was trying to think of. Incredible Crisis. Oh my that goodness. That was a great game. Oh, well, let's talk about Incredible oh, Crisis. Yes. Oh, never mind. That's you know, eight bit. This You're is like a middle-aged Japanese guy with a short sleeve, button-down shirt, running away from like this boulder crashing through. And or he has to do like exercises at work, or he has to do a massage Give in a, a massage. Ferris wheel or and something it's like a that. Cruel, it's like a really what? harsh massage. Yeah. You can't be off even a little bit. No, it's a really weird game. That's so weird. Uh, this is the episode where people are going to be sitting at home actively <laughs> Google searching. What are you talking about? Uh, you get at Walmart for like two bucks. Uh, yes, I think Back I got it. Day, yeah. I got that, and I got the irritating stick. At oh, Walmart I love the bucks. irritating stick. It was that is fun. Irritating. It was a really work time. remember work time fun. Yes, work time fun. I was just about to say that. I love work time Capping fun so much. Pens. Work time uh, fun was I, this awesome PS Vita game, PSP game, <laughs> and it was it was just a collection of mini games, and they were the worst. 
worst mini games ever. They were terrible. Like, here's pens. You got to put the cap on the pen. Put the cap on the pen. Oh, that right? pen's upside down. Turn it upside down. Then put the cap on the pen. And it would. There was no limit. There was no race against the clock. You could just play as long as you wanted to. And at the end, it would pay you. And it was like you cap pens for an hour and a half. Here's a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> there was one. There was one time when I was helping Tony out one day, and we had to do errands. And we were gone for like four hours, and I capped pens the entire time. Yeah, I believe it. Yes, I just wanted to see how long. I could, and I was doing it absentmindedly after a while. <laughs> like I wasn't even caring if I was capping them correctly. I was just capping them. I took Chris and his sister home one day, and they were capping pens. And I refused to take them home. I drove them through every cul-de-sac in their neighborhood, and we just circled around. Look, kids, Big Ben, Parliament. <laughs> circled every cul-de-sac. There was one, uh, one mini game in that one. And it was, um, and I didn't understand how it worked at first, but it was just this fisherman would come up to you and say, uh, help us reel in all the, help us pull in the nets for the fish um, at 5.46 a.m. And that's it. Real time. So you had to put the thing down and wait till 5.46 a.m. And then at that moment, he would just come up and go, pull, and you'd push down on the D-pad, and that was the whole game. That was it. But you couldn't pause. You couldn't put it away. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't turn it off in standby mode and then come back to it. You had to sit there and wait till 5.46 a.m. And that was actually the highest pay. I think I got $34 for that. And the only thing you could do in the game was there was capsule machines, and you could buy little mini collectibles and sometimes maybe unload a new game, which would be just as mind-numbingly <laughs> awful as the one before it. We're talking about music, but somehow we've devolved into I weird love. Japanese See, I games. wasn't going to say that one, but I'm so glad Chris brought it up. Oh my goodness, work time fun. Just in the cover of the game, people always look at it and go, "What?" Because all it said is WTF, <laughs> and then at the bottom it said "Work Time Fun." That was the the whole game. Um, so, so we have these iconic video game themes. Let's jump over to movie themes real quick. Oh, yes. oh boy, howdy! Superhero themes, iconic superhero themes. Uh, my mind immediately goes back to 1970s Superman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, that's, that's where my mind was going to. When when they rebooted, and it wasn't really a reboot, but they reintroduced the series, I was so glad that they brought back that theme when they did uh, the Superman Returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is great. They actually are using the original score. And then the movie was terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what else? Uh, what are some other superhero themes that are like dun, super iconic? Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, you know, Batman. Batman. Yeah, Danny Elfman. We're yeah, actually... Uh, Oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, because uh, Valencia's band is actually going to be playing that for the uh, Halloween concert in a couple weeks. So, pretty pumped. And it's awesome. And so I, I love Danny. I love, so I love Hans Zimmer's scores for the Dark Knight trilogy, but it's I got to really really say the more, the more uh, memorable of the two Batman themes is definitely the Danny and, Elfman. And it was really great to me because when they did the animated series, they brought the Danny Elfman yeah. theme song over for the animated series. I love Danny Elfman uh, so much. When they did Lego Batman the video game, they brought the Danny Elfman <laughs> movie oh, yeah. theme into it. it, was, it awesome. so, On a constant loop. And a constant loop. It was forever. like they, they only had two songs hours. in the game. It was Batman Forever. <laughs> no, it was Batman Forever, but Lego Batman Forever. Uh, I also like Spider-Man. Yeah. But how iconic is the Spider-Man theme? Like, could you well, I mean, it? you took the two good ones. No, I couldn't. Not off without thinking about <laughs> and it. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> they don't make those iconic superhero themes anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody hum something from the Avengers or something, anything from There is a Dude, video I love on YouTube that called so much. Uh, this, the Marvel Symphonic Universe. I recommend checking out. It Ooh. kind of lays out. Why the music is a lot more subdued than it used to be. Jackie, have you seen it? Wait, what? The Marvel, Marvel Symphonic, Symphonic Universe. Universe. I have not. You, uh, YouTube, check it, check it out. It's like 13 I'm gonna make a note video. of that right now because oh, I will yeah. forget. I think that the only one that um that I can that, that really pulled off the classic iconic superhero theme song was Captain America. Oh yeah. Mm. yeah. Can you hum it? Yes. Yeah. Do it. 
right now? Yeah. I don't, I don't hum on command. Well, Sylvester <laughs> scored that one, too. Yeah, I love Sylvester. He actually hits a note in that. That's a, one of the same notes he hits in Back to the Future. And when it There's happened... There's only so many theater, notes. I know. But when it, it was like the same note and same instrument. So like when it happened, I sat up straight, and I'm like, I know that note. <laughs> I recognize <laughs> I get that reference. I get that reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah. um, Avengers was, was fairly iconic, but I think that the rest of them are... Although they're great soundtracks, they're, they're much more subdued in, in that why. I think, uh, you know, like what I was saying about Resident Evil versus uh, Silent Hill, I think that the stuff that sticks out is when the composer's given enough leeway to make a risk or do something that's a little bit outside of uh, what you'd expect. Because, you know, when you watch a lot of the Marvel movies, if it's a happy scene, it's happy music. It's a sad scene. It's one note high on the violin. (laughs) It's more texture-based now. Yeah, Could you also also not argue, but... uh, Say that movie more even more modern movies nowadays don't necessarily have themes like not even just superhero movies like unless it's a franchise that's already pre-existing. What movie can you name in the last fifteen years that has a, a distinct theme that you can think of on the top? Of your head? And I think it's the same with TV shows too. No one has a theme song anymore. <sighs> I miss TV theme songs. <laughs> I know something something that's I miss um, Happy Days. Yes, Monday, Tuesday. Happy something days. that's been uh, interesting that I've kind of noticed recently is that while movies may not necessarily have a theme, they do. Um, have like these low-key themes so like in Winter Soldier uh, the Winter Soldier's theme has like this um, razor on strings kind of thing going for it anytime Bucky's in the room or whatever it's there and then um, in Civil War if you pay attention when the Winter Soldier's like wait hold on spoilers that's okay. He's in the Spoiler movie. alert. Spoiler when, alert. Soldier, Winter Soldier. when the Winter Soldier when uh, when Bucky gets triggered <laughs> Um, you hear the Winter Soldier theme in the background, like very lightly. Like you could miss it if you're not paying attention. But like they bring back certain themes to where it's like, well, now he's his old person again. Yeah, and they I- did that with uh, with this, like they with the Wonder Woman theme, like mm-hmm. the, like and they played it, I think, in the trailer. In the trailer, as well. yes. Light motif. So, yeah. But a it's light not necessarily motif. But it, I, I would, I, I but for. I'm talking more so like Gold the Star. Jurassic Park theme song or Star Wars or or you know, is that does that really rely when you're talking about these are you really just saying maybe John Williams isn't as prolific as he used to be I was also going to say Jaws so that also, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean John Williams basically owned and captivated the movie theme song and then just sort of put it on pause well, I can tell you when he um, gets when he takes a gig he's probably given as much leeway and license mm-hmm. as he wants he can he can do he's everyone John because he's Williams. John Williams he's I mean John I think I was, you know Pirates of the Caribbean Harry uh, Potter uh, Oh yeah, but that's still John Williams. Yeah, no. That sounds amazing. Yeah, but that but that is that is a hummel. Yeah. I always think it's really great when they do um like forgetting the word for it, but it's like the the callbacks like at the end of Battle of Five Armies in The Hobbit. Yeah. They had like one of the themes from the Lord of the Rings movies. But it's like technically it hasn't happened yet, yeah. but we already know it happens. So like when I was watching it in theaters with my sister, we're like, hey, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's yeah. the Battle thing. at Home's Deep. Sometimes what? the music has a function no. is oh. to inform the no, viewer on a gut level. One of my favorite ways that they, they do this, in, because in the opening scene of, an, of a forgettable movie, uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, <laughs> uh, the first thing that you see is some Klingon battlecruisers out there, and, and V'ger, the giant living space station satellite thing, comes in and basically swallows them up. And there's this this nice theme as the Klingon battlecruisers cruisers come in, and it's just kind of this, this war-based theme, and they don't really use it 
again in the movie this and they just leave it alone but it's really cool because I've noticed later on in Star Trek movies and in the next generation and different things like that when you see a Klingon that'll come in they'll kind of subtly throw that theme in underneath it because it it was Klingons at the beginning of the movie. It's like kind of this neat little, uh, probably unintentional setup for Klingons to have this theme. They do it later on in First Contact when they cut over to the Defiant and and Worf is piloting and they play that Klingon theme of the the Klingon battlecruiser going in against the impossible foe. And I'm like, that's a really great callback. That's really awesome. That's a really great light motif. (laughs) (laughs) Who did that? Was that Goldsmith on the first... Uh, was it Jerry Goldsmith? I, the, the the theme song was. You know, his son yeah, actually yeah, wrote was. some for the TV later. I think generally, I don't know. Well, the theme song from the motion picture was what ended up being the next generation theme nice. song. They just brought it back. Like we have this one we've already paid for. Let's just reuse it. Have you guys seen? Uh, did you guys see Star Wars: The Force Awakens in theaters? Yes. Yes. So there's a moment when they're like mind battling. Right. And it's a moment where, like, sound design and music kind of, like, combine. Yeah. And they have this sub-tension where, this is what I learned recently, too, is you have this one note, and you just ride that one note at the sub-level where you feel the note, you don't hear the note. Mm -hmm. And it just builds tension, and you pull back the tension, and you build more tension, pull back the tension. If you just drop the fader, for some reason, you can take a breath breath of fresh air again. Yeah. But it's just that one note. It creates like this yeah. anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I did a film class in high school, and uh, they, one of the things we studied was the movie Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where sure. where Clarice is going down into the debasement level of the detention place where Hannibal Lecter is. And, and part of the sound design there was inaudible, low frequency, just subwoofer. And every time she would take a step, it would get lower mm. and lower and lower. Mm. You couldn't hear it, but you could feel it, and it just created this yeah. unnatural sense of tension exactly. in you, yeah. which is really cool sound design. Yeah. And, and, and there's a there was a lot. I would I'd love to know who did the sound editing if that came from J.J. Abrams or if there was somebody that kind of came along because Star Wars has always had amazing sound design. Mm-hmm. But Ben Burt, Ben Burt, mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And was he? Did he do it for? I don't. I don't think, for this I recent don't one, he did. I, don't, I, I don't think he did. I think it's somebody else. And I, I love even in the when, when Ray takes the light. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> looking at <laughs> IMDb. When when Ray takes the lightsaber and you kind of hear these quick snippets. Oh yeah, that was great. And, and that was, was a lot was, to get. It was more detailed this time. And there was more like little glitches and technical sparks. And, and I was told that they, they, there's a real subtle voice of Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's actually. Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. Yeah, what they, oh, I love what they did. There. They took, uh, they took Alec Guinness and I think the first Star Wars movie saying Afraid took out like obviously the parts of Afraid that'll say Ray. So he says Ray, and then they brought in Ewan McGregor to say the rest of the line. So it's, re- I, sorry, I love that. That's really cool. Yeah, that, that's that's just neat sound design and, and and unnecessary details, but but cool and easy to appreciate. Yeah. What do you find out? Oh, yeah, Ben Burt, sound design. Uh, I find out that I don't have a lot of signals. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Ben Burt, sound design, oh, according to this. There you go. Very cool. So what we're going to do is um, I, I want to just take a quick second since we have some actual certifiable music geniuses here, and uh, we are going to get technical uh, today. I went to a website because the Internet knows all and uh, is never wrong. And what I, what I did was uh, I downloaded a list of the – seven greatest video game soundtracks of all time. Uh, this was written not by some compendium of musical geniuses, but as far as I can tell by one guy who really likes Japanese games. But it's the internet, so I believe every word he says. Uh, so I, I downloaded some of these songs, and what I want to do is I'm going to play them for you now. 
primarily for Chris and Keith. Anybody else who thinks you have the chops to jump in, by all means. Yeah, I'll uh, do it anyway. What I'm, have some fun. And what I'm going to do is I, I, I want to get technical. I want to play just a quick sampling of these songs, and I want you to tell us what it is that you hear in this from uh, composition, from structure, from execution, uh, and, and tell us what it is that the untrained ear may not be listening for, for uh, whether it's for, for the anthem value of it, for the ambient value of it. I'll tell you what the game is, unless you want to try to guess what the game is, but some of these are a little, Guessing is fun. A little, let's a little guess. Uh, yeah, no, let's not do that. It's unnecessary time. So um, I will play these in order from number one to number seven. Number one was a toss-up between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. So I'll be playing this song. This Great is from Chrono Cross. Playing it now, Nicholas. Ah, The Edge of Time, or Scar of Time. Scar of Time. Yasunori Mitsuda. <laughs> My man knows Jeez. what he's talking about. <laughs> Chris is like, I'm out. <laughs> yep. I, I always love this one. Pad, a little fretless bass and a flute. Yeah. This was a PlayStation One game. This was the opening cinematic. Pretty, uh, pretty involved. A lot of random imagery through this. Yeah. You got a guy with a staff, and then you got this guy creepy, with a lion face, creepy and clown a face, girl in red turning around, and I don't know. So you know the game. Crazy. I, 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 yeah, I know the game. I think there was a hundred playable characters in this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty wow. sure I got them all. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. Coming up with a string quartet. Ooh, yes. Okay. I was like, now, a cool thing here is the flute and the first violin double on this line. It makes it really just ring through. I, I'm a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. But I'm not adding is. this to my video game playlist. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I love it anytime they do drums like this, like any kind of driving beat, oh, yeah. because it starts out with like a really like deep, like the bass line is very subtle, and then it just, the bass drops. Brings you in. Yeah, when it that drops. percussion drops. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I don't even want to play all these songs this long, but I really like this song. This is good. Right here. I love that. But they're filling in all the frequencies. They have the, the fret on the bottom, they have the flutes mm-hmm. on the top, the, the pads in the middle, so everything kind of has its space. And a lot of motion. Like crowding. Yeah, the they're, they're like just yep. chopping away with the percussion. And then violin. Uh, yes. <laughs> I wish more than anything in the world that you could see the face he just made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pulling the emotion from the strings. The second line. Yeah. Right. Very so Gypsy ethnic, Kings, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> was it an ethnic game? No. It was, no, I mean, you know, that's the beautiful thing about a lot of these well, I mean, RPGs like, is it they, it's, it's such a fabricated environment that there's really no basis of music to, so the composer has a lot of, you know, a lot of room to sort of make their own world out of it. And, yeah. and he used a lot is of different Is this on elements. your playlist? Is that um, on your playlist? Yes, I believe. Because I'm going to listen to that tonight. I did. I did put out um, my favorite. It's called Ready Player One. Uh, we uploaded Ooh, it to our Spotify. Name. Thank you. Uh, we put it up on our Spotify, so you are welcome to share that. We will post it on our website at nerdofgodcast.com, and it's also out on our Twitter right now. So find that post, follow it, and please enjoy it. There's lots of fun stuff. So final thoughts from Chrono Cross. Beautiful. You know, the cool thing about that score, because the game I'd played before Chrono Cross was Final Fantasy VIII, and you know, a lot of the Final Fantasy games, the music is so cool, but it's such a mishmash of different stuff all Mm -hmm. at once, you know, like I was saying, you you got like ragtime piano followed by 
apocalyptic in world music. <laughs> and Chrono Cross had a very consistent tone throughout the games. Chrono cool. Trigger as well, which was a Super Nintendo game, but the music for that was really amazing and breathtaking, and it fit the theme of the game very well. well I'll skip that, though. And we'll move into the next one, a very Japanese game. Um, tell me where this takes your mind and your heart at this time. Like somebody singing in the bathroom. I'll say like Japanese. With spoons. <laughs> this is Japanese Lion King. Katamari. <laughs> oh, no. This is Katamari Damacy. Oh, that one. Okay. You know what it is? <laughs> Not at all. All right. I, this is the second time that I've had to explain. We got Michael was. Winslow in on this one too. <laughs> it's got the bleeps, the creeps, and the sweeps. That's right. What is that? Ooh. Ooh. Oh yeah. Do, 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 I got one of those do, do, do. toy Casios or something. <laughs> just EQ'd it. I've never heard this before, but I like it. <laughs> I like the little frog voice. Yeah. Gonna fade Impressive. that out now. Um. All right, so what are your thoughts on this game, and what are you, what are you feeling from the, the music? There? And this is a quirky game. And I love quirky game scores. Quirky. So yeah. It is a quirky quirky game score. I'm gonna see if I can find something on on Spotify for this. Listen to this. It has that unique texture you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the the point of the game, yeah. Oh, this is this is it. That's where you roll around. And yeah, your father is like the king of the universe, and he and his flamboyance, and he is like Liberace level flamboyant. Yeah. Mm. Uh, destroys some stars, so you've got to rebuild them by coming down to Earth and rolling up whatever you can find in your little Katamari ball. So, like, if you roll it around. You're tiny, and you roll it around somebody's house, and you pick up like a, a thumbtack or a button or a coin, and it sticks to it, and the ball gradually gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it gets more massive, you can pick up more massive things. So eventually, it gets to a certain size where you can pick up like the family dog, or you keep rolling. And now, oh, now I got a couch, and you know, roll it until you're now outside now. And now I'm rolling. Now I got the house. And uh, the object is within a certain time frame, you got to pick up enough things so that the ball becomes massive enough that your father can turn it back into a, a star. It's really weird, hmm. but um, it's pretty cool. Here's here's some more from Katamari Damacy. Nice. And this uh, is uh, that makes you want to go to the gym. <laughs> oh, that's great! That almost makes me think of Owl City. <laughs> Just a <laughs> little it does bit. sound very familiar. So just kind of like fun, light, quirky stuff there that they have. Cute, cute game. Um, all right, moving on to the number three spot on the list. This is a Super Nintendo game. I think that this uh, reviewer voted this one a little bit highly, in my personal opinion, but I'm sticking to the list, and here we go. This is from Mega Man X. Definitely Super Nintendo. That's old school, yeah. When did this game come out? 
Super Nintendo is so early 90s. Early 90s. Okay. See somebody playing this on a keytar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or so, one of those, like, uh, guitars, or not guitars, like, keyboards that you can blow into with the little the tool. Melodica. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got those. Yeah. I know. So, so what's right. the what's our takeaway from, from that besides just crazy over the top? I'm, I'm just thinking, like, the structure. You have the acoustic percussion, then you have the synths doing, like, a secondary percussion. And then you have the... <laughs> Yeah. What was that? And yeah, if, you listen, if you listen to this guy's list, uh, there's a lot of these kind of songs on the list that they have. I'm going to skip down to... I'm guessing so- like uh, Sonic's on there somewhere. Maybe. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I think on the list that he just put fast. all of the Sonic. Oh, uh, yeah, That makes sense. Yeah, but and there's some good Sonic the Hedgehog songs, but, oh, yeah, but as the franchise went on, yeah, it just got a little, little nuts. Um, uh, we're going to get to his number one spot is basically that kind of redone. Um, this one, I think, is really worthy of a good listen to. Uh, this is uh, Metroid Prime oh, for yeah, the yeah. GameCube. Oh, great opener. So much texture. Yeah. <laughs> like the sweepy analog lead. He uses that through the whole game. Yeah. But it has like a yeah, like an X Files y kind of sound. yeah, very much. It's, it's very, very industrial. Alien, yeah, yeah, it got that theremin yeah. sort of vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, it's gooey, yeah. super gooey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> even the end of the snare is like flat. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. With the compressor, you just take a snare and. I actually did a score for a little game. Just totally based on this. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you rip it off, or you're like, I'm just I didn't rip it off. I used it kind of as a jumping off point. But if you think about like the, the the vibe of what the game is, I mean, it's it's like a I'm gonna say a less dark version of the movie Aliens, mm-hmm. um, and less dark because it's Nintendo. But uh, thoughts thoughts about that, like the environment. What do you what do you picture? Not being Very familiar with the franchise, it's, 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 it seems alien. It seems gooey. It seems kind of everything. I'm, I'm Biological. The creatures are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Viral and yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's about the size of it. Um, good stuff. All right, this is in the uh, the next slot. This is from the original Nintendo Entertainment System, 8-bit system. Now, this was not the game of the franchise that I would use as an example for great video game music, but this is what he chose. This is from Castlevania 3. Ooh. Hmm. You'd think they'd go with Symphony of the Night. That's what I would have gone with. Or going from like a Dorian thing to more of an Ionian thing. Oh yeah, I was, I was gonna Sorry. say that. that's what I was about to say. Scale structures. mode. Yeah. I almost makes me think of like the uh, the booze mansion in uh, Mario. It's like you can hear the orchestration that they had in mind, sort of in a way. Kind of the, if it's if it's if it's not baroque, yeah, like don't the fix pipe it. organ yeah. with like maybe <laughs> a harp or something like that doing the ostinato. Yeah. What is an ostinato? The thing that repeats. Yeah. See, this like, could like be this could be a learning episode too. Yeah, <laughs> the, like guitar riffs, like yeah. a repeated thing that just kind of keeps like, the pulse. Finger exercises. I know that one. I know that one. He understands our reference. 
All right. Uh, I think this was a pretty good way, to, as far as the franchise, to kind of create that gothic sort of feel to it. It, oh. it took it from just sort of that, da 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 and it made it a little less actiony and a little more ambient. Right. Still a weird choice over over Symphony Night, which actually realized sort of what all the other games have been trying to do. Yeah. And and every and Symphony Night was a huge map. It was a massive environment, and every area had its own. And then backwards. Ooh. Oh, if you if you did it right. That's right. Uh, if you, I still haven't beat that game. Okay, Symphony Night was this game that if you, it's this whole Side big scrollers. giant castle. It's mega huge, and if you finally get to the end, you fight the last bad guy, which is actually the good guy from the previous game. And if you win, the game is over, and you get the, and that's it. But the real trick is not to beat him because he's secretly a good guy. Hmm. It's to find this pair of glasses. Put the glasses on and see that he's being controlled by some spectral monster, oh, wow. and fight the spectral monster instead. If you do that and beat him, you'll spare the hero, and he'll say, "Oh, thank you for saving me, Dracula." But, but I'm sorry, Simon Belmont, but our princess is in another castle, and sends Alucard to the upside down version of the castle where Dracula really is, and you get to play through the entire, the game, entire game a second time, upside down. So the entire map is flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. And it brings a really unique and awesome level of challenge because you have to go through all the different things, but approach that everything game is a different difficult way. Difficult to begin with. Going up. Yeah, but you you're walking on the ceiling, so the map is flipped. Hmm. Like ne- next time you're at home, just lay on your back and imagine what it'd be like if you're walking on the ceiling. I do like, that sometimes. <laughs> there you go. I have tapped into your mind. Uh, really, really awesome game. But every area in that had a unique theme song, and they were not done poorly. They were really... You know what? I'm just going to pull something up. I'm thinking about Psycho Mantis reading my mind and saying, (laughs) you like Castlevania, don't you? (laughs) I do like Castlevania, Psycho Mantis. Put your controller on that. I'll show you my power. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is... for the theme. I'm looking for it. That's the one that like changes your input or pretends to change your input. You have you to change, change the controller. Yeah, and yeah. then if you did it on the PS3 when they did, uh, was it Guns of the Patriots? Mm-hmm. Guns of Patriots. You do that, and he's like, you can't do that. This isn't 2000 or 1996 <laughs> or something like that. That was good. I feel like we just told that we story did. like a week ago. Well, I was like, well, I have a lot of songs in my Spotify. Oh, here we go. All right. This is the finale Toccata from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Nice. Is that an Austin Auto? This is very... Well, yeah. (laughs) But see, they made you wait for it because you were ready for it to change. (laughs) Yeah. There's just such a like a sense of buildup and anticipation. Yeah. Very haunting. No melody is all just and it very has it's like very a like environmental old school yeah. like Dracula vibe. Well, yeah, you're, it's, you're, it's Dra- like yeah, lush, you're fighting Dracula. Yeah. I know, but I'm like they still kept like the like the I get I don't know if there's a austere. theme for the first Dracula kind of movies if they had one like I know it's a silent mm-hmm. film but if they had like what the ba 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 like oh, where oh, that yeah, came yeah, from. If they kept that going. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, As in, I'll be. <laughs> I'll, JS I'll be more than something. More than <laughs> but really cool. Very, very unique vibe. And uh, I, I remember playing this on the PlayStation 1, and at the time, you could 
play it as a CD instead of as a digital CD. Yeah. The first track was all data, but they would sometimes have the audio CD audio tracks mm -hmm. on the disc. And if you forwarded it on a regular CD player to the second track, you uh -huh. could listen to the soundtrack. I used so, to try that with all mine. Oh, we try with yeah. all of them yeah. absolutely. So the um, uh, that's the only reason I kept. Uh, Saw Echo the Dolphin for the mm, Sega CD yeah, was yeah. for that soundtrack, but the the second track on the disc says this is a Sony PlayStation uh, digital disc, and it is not to be played in a regular CD player. But since you probably won't listen to us anyway, <laughs> and then it plays the soundtrack. <laughs> That's, That's funny. Nice. Well, yay! Castlevania is good. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I think we have two more things on our top list here. Uh, you mentioned this one earlier, Keith. This is. Silent Hill 3. I'd pick two myself. Oh, that's haunting. Already tension. <laughs> I hate Silent Hill. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. This game gives me bad dreams. I played about a half an hour through Silent Hill 1, and I said I will never play a Silent Hill game. Uh, I've pl probably played Silent Hill 2 like six times. Never. I, I went for all the endings. This is... Very uncomfortable for me. It. I like being able to sleep at night. So. I don't even know how this qualifies as music. Uh, it's like the Lost theme. This is like the musical version of an enema. Yeah, but I mean, if this is this is listed on greatest so soundtracks. I mean, it's there is music. Song. There is music in these. So explain games. to me Only what I'm listening to. You're just listening to am, you know. This is just John Cage. Noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeterminate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very reverby. Now. What's his name? John Cage. Is that the Mortal Kombat character? No, he's a, there's no, a song no. called. No, that's a Marvel character. Johnny Cage. Yeah. But, five, hey. five, yeah. Something. And then it kicks in here. Oh, okay. that's that's yeah, that's more like Silent Hill there. So sounds like the beginning to like a stain song. Yeah. Yeah, everything's affected. Everything has like a processing to it. Yeah, everything's got a big, you know, openness. That's the thing. The first one had that real clangy mandolin sound, and that gave it such a signature feel. The second one had this real sort of uh, reverby Rhodes kind of thing going. So I guess they've tried something different with every game, but it's very, very moody music. Yeah. I find the entire franchise extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I ain't trying to be bold. I ain't trying to be brave. Uh, I just don't like it. Uh, and this is what they voted, or he voted, as the number one video game soundtrack of all time. Any oh guesses? Um, Super Mario. Theme. Zelda. With the rest of this Say list? Zelda. Got Zelda with the rest of this list. <laughs> Wait, he's... <laughs> Tetris. Right. <laughs> I'm guessing Angry Birds. <laughs> this is for the Sega Genesis Streets of Rage 2. Oh, come Because, wow. of course. Wow. No Crazy Taxi? <laughs> this might as well be Crazy Taxi or Ridge Racer. I mean, yeah. Should we at least throw Jet Set Radio Future <laughs> in there? <laughs> I'm going to make a dumpster. I feel like it's like almost like a Lady Gaga song or something. Yeah, it's like, turn up. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Okay, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I want, there, I, I want the greatest video game soundtrack of all time. I'm sure you yeah. all. I agree. really want there to be like a Japanese guy rapping behind this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Opa Gangnam style. All right. Uh, thoughts on this? I feel like I, I wanted you guys to get technical with this and tell us some like really good insight, but some of these things that he put out there were just not really worthy of commentary. Yeah. Uh, you definitely jumped in when we were playing through uh, the Chrono Cross. So I'm going to go to my playlist, I'll and say, I'm going to yeah, pick some should... of my favorite theme songs. And uh, I want you guys to just tell me where you're, what you're picking up. Uh, of course, Keith <laughs> will recognize all of them. So can we guess <laughs> on these? You can, uh, but um, 
This is... Skyrim. I was going to say Skyrim for the first one. Skyrim <laughs> for the first one? Yeah, but it's not. Distant Horizons. Ooh, uh, process piano. Ooh. It's Zelda. Everybody's gone no. to the rapture? No. Is this, is this Last of Us? No, it is uh, a PlayStation 4 kidding. era game. This is from The Witcher 3 Wild oh, Hunt. Of course, yeah. The track Gerald I heard Oribia. like the da-da-da-da. I haven't got like to Zelda? that point of the game yet. <laughs> that opening sound was like a piano with something on the strings. So you yeah. can play the piano with like the nails or whatever bounce up. Yeah. Is that a thing that people do? Yeah. Prepare a piano. Prepare a piano, that's what it is. Oh. You guys are so <laughs> smart. <laughs> that's right. kind of their thing. Why you a second piano just to prepare it? <laughs> All right. Let's... Uh, I think I'll play the pia- prepared piano now. Let's skip right here to this one. Yeah, like an alien drum, like a hang drum kind of deal. Oh, uh, what is that? Really, Keith? I'm surprised you didn't get this. It's late. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Far Cry 4. Oh, yeah, that's why. I mean, there's really... Yeah. You know, I, I like the Far Cry games, but the music isn't like recognizable. Welcome to Kira. Yeah, no, that's not really a feature. It's not of, recognizable. You say it's late, but I've been up on three in the morning on PlayStation. I'm good you played a video game. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, let's see what we have here. This is an interesting one. I want to see your take on this. Is that from Last of Us? No. Wow. See, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, guitar yeah, I'm hearing the nylon string guitar. So would you say this is like a, a simple composition or something that shows a little bit of... The the structure is is not normal. Yeah, melodically, it's it's got a little bit of, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Ooh. That sounds like a song. I, I love that it's a small ensemble, too. Like... Like two strings. This is from the uh, the game Undertale. Oh, Undertale. I never uh, played Undertale, so I don't know why I'm saying oh like I should have <laughs> recognized it, but it's I recognize the name. Very nice. Very. And it's an interesting game because the guy who developed the game did all of the music and everything like that. He did it everything himself. Wow. Wrote the game, coded the game. Is it an indie game? It is as indie a game as you can possibly get. No, if I were to guess, I would say the game is like in some kind of dreamy world or some kind of uh, fantasy. Uh, fantasy, yeah. Um, story takes place. You fall into the earth and you live. You're in the monster world now. Hmm. Um, so sort of an alternate dark. I want to say dark because it's not dark and creepy. It's like cartoony monster world. Hmm. Uh, and a really, really cool game concept. And the idea is you've got to try to get out and you fight all these monsters along the way. But there's several different ways to play through the game. You can fight all the monsters or you can choose to just talk to the monsters and not fight with them all. And uh, based on how you play, the game ends in a different way. So if you play through it just sort of like I'm going to fight with some of them, talk with some of them, just a general playthrough, you get a particular ending. Uh, if you go back and you play through it and you decide you want to just kill everybody, you get a particular ending. If you decide you want to go back and not kill anybody, you get a particular ending. But the thing is this. Once you play through the game, the game remembers. Ooh. It never forgets. So if you kill a character in the first time you play it, even if you stop right then and restart the game, the next time you encounter that character, the game remembers. 
and the characters remember. It's oh, no Mr. No. Resetty sold no, you. No, for... it all it remembers everything that you do. Like like I don't want to even want to spoil the game in case you ever choose to play it. What's I it called? Play it. Undertale. Undertale. And uh, it, it's it's very very interesting. Like you'll find a character through in the tutorial that turns it, it acts like it's your friend but it's not. And at the end of the game that character comes back and you've got to fight it. And if you kill it the next time you play through the game, it's not there in the tutorial. Uh-huh. It changes the the fundamental wow. playthrough That's really based cool. on what you do or don't do. Well, it's, even through the second playthrough? Even through the wow. second playthrough. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. And one guy dreamed this whole thing up, and co- it's pretty smart. Hmm. Uh, it's made it as sort of a tribute to the old Earthbound type games. I can see that being like your son's like dream. That, that's is that's to make it, that, that, game. that game he's already been making a, a fan version of the game. So Really? Yeah. But if you take that into like the theory world, this might be going a little too far. But like when like we're saying it goes kind of out of the normal mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. Of, of melody. It, when the music does something you don't expect it to do, when it goes away from the home base, it throws you off because you expected one thing, but it gives you something else. Kind of like when you play through the game, you did it one time through, you played it again, it gives you something else. Yeah. So it kind of follows the music in that sense. Yeah, that's very good. Unexpected is, is definitely big. Here's one from a newer game. Let's see what you guys think of this. Is that this? No. Hmm. Reminds me of Interstellar. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got it, Nick? Sounds like something out of Minecraft, but, you know, that's just me. Is this is this No Man's Sky? This is from No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah, I say, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Heliosphere he was asking you. from No Man's oh. Sky. <laughs> and well, it does sound very outer spacey. What do you mean? Oh, oh really? Yeah. It, it's it's uh, uh, You're flying across space looking for far-off worlds in a very, oh, wow. it's very isolated, lonely <laughs> journey. It sounds yeah. like a lot of Ebo electric yeah. guitar. Very lonely stuff. The, the band who did the, the score for this is called 65 Days of Static, and uh, really stellar soundtrack. Is it an instrumental band? Yeah. Very interstellar So sort of like an ambient <laughs> instrumental <laughs> Uh, explosions in the sky. Yeah, I'll say, I, I love like explosions, explosions in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. God is an astronaut. Yeah. Uh, Little people. Which I mean, I took a made a Spotify playlist. Or not Spotify, a Pandora playlist, and I mixed in Little People, explosions, explosions in the sky, and God is an astronaut. And without thinking, I just named it a little bit of each person. So I called it God is a little astronaut in the sky. I'm like, I kind of feel like that's a little sacrilegious, <laughs> like not really meaning it to me. God is a little astronaut in the sky. All right, um, check this one out. Oh, oh that's Jessica Curry. Yeah, see, that's everyone's gone to the rapture. Like, I played the game it's once. very dreamy. And I remember that. I love, like, she brings in, like, the choir. It's not even, like, the kind of choir you hear in a big grand game. It sounds like a... A little church choir. It sounds like a church choir. I, yeah. just, I love, like, when you're playing the game, and not spoiling anything, but when the, you get the influx of light oh, yeah. in the certain points of the game, mm-hmm. just the music that happens at that, it's, like, it almost makes you emotional, like, mm-hmm. while watching, because you're watching these stories, and it's oh, so good. Sorry, I love it. And it fits the English countryside mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. What game is this? Everyone's everybody's gone to the rapture. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful score. It's so simple. It now with All you do is you walk around and watch a story, but it's mm-hmm. so. That's not. That's not really a fleshed-out definition. But that's to a, it. the the, the, the like, exploratory. Yeah, yeah. You, you find yourself in a village and everyone's gone, 
but there are somehow, not to spoil anything, lingering shadows of their presence. And in observing those shadows, you piece together a story, albeit not in sequential order, so that you can kind of figure out what actually happened and why everyone's gone. Wait, is it, it like, like a universe? And it can player. be different. Sort of, but without yeah. the puzzle solved. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of these games that you're you're kind of a watcher in a world that's empty. They all have this weird sort of creepiness to them in a way, like uh, Gone Home. Yeah. And all that, but music is. I expected Gone Home to be way everything. creepier than it actually was. Yeah, I yeah, like, well, once it you looks get used really to dark. It. I didn't. I have it. I didn't finish it, but it, uh, I think I started it. Yeah. But I was expecting it to be like a Silent Hill esque kind of well, like jump out and scare you. you know, everything's so quiet. Yeah. You just hear the storm outside, and you're. It sounds it sounds creepy. I know. I just kept waiting for something to jump out at me, and I was a little does. disappointed that nothing ever did. Well, good. Now I can play that you game at night and not, be, and not be scared. This game, <laughs> older game. East West Quantum Leap. <laughs> yeah. This is actually from Mist. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have Mist. I don't. I feel like I should have gotten this. Throwing in there for you. Uh, let's do two more. Oh, just two. What you always. Doing? Every time I try to end let's do something. Seven more. Let's do seven more. That's what you always say every time. Seven's the number of completion. Yeah, but we maybe we started five ago with my my seven <laughs> song countdown. Seven song countdown. Steven, we're not supposed to <laughs> sing everything. Okay, here we go. Is that a bass guitar? Doing all the ostinato. <laughs> That's Last of Us. Uh, that is The Last of Us. Yeah. I thought so. I'm like, I've said it like three times now. I want to kind of hold back. I'm going to guess that on every single song. With <laughs> That's the acoustic guitar. So, uh, hearing this, you're not familiar with the game The Last of Us. No. Tell me what, what you're picturing. Tell me where, the, where this is taking you to. The prominent scrapes that they, that they left those in there, I'm guessing they want it to be like edgy. So, so uh, it's dark. There's a lot of modern tonalities. Uh, electric guitar means it's more edgy. So, maybe like a, a rogue kind of character. Um,. Lots of also that's very low, so it's, it's probably a cool game because it's not like bright and chir chirpy. It's it's very it's understated, I would say. What kind of genre? What genre would you place it in? Indiana Jones. Huh. Let's see. I played through the game, so I'm hearing. Tomb Raider. Oh, this would work on Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's got it does have a very Walking Dead, more of a Walking Dead esque vibe, but sort of along that line. Okay. The people that made this game also made the Uncharted game, which is. Like Indiana Jones, a video game. Huh. So interesting that you would yeah, say yeah, that. It's like a creepy Indiana Jones. <laughs> All right, let me see if I can find Just one. Just watch more. the trailer. Just Last of Us trailer. I'll do two more. Yay! That's fine. Hearing a piano. <laughs> Yes, you are. I think that's a piano. No, it's a prepared piano. Yamaha Steinway. I know. Wait, that's a, that's a piano version of something from Journey. Yes, it is. Gotta be. I was about to say that sounds like Austin Wintory. This is Austin Wintory. This is uh, his his piano album. Which Journey was? The, he, is he playing on it? Mm -hmm. 
Oh, this is the ending theme song. Yeah. Oh. It's such a great score. Oh. I'm telling you, it's, oh. it'll blow you away. You really Absolutely need a PlayStation. Gorgeous. I do. That's all I'm saying. Dude. Journey yes. is Just play it's, this it's game. like an experience. Oh, like, it is an experience. I, I played it as his house. I almost wept. It'll change and your at the life end of it, I just sat on a Tony's couch and just was like, "What do I do now?" <laughs> I played like, it again. How do I even? I I just how got the go on. It was it's it was a free PlayStation game for September. So yesterday I got it, or Friday I got it, the last day of September, and I'm so excited just to play through it again. I want to play Obzu. You know the new, the underwater underwater journey. And it's got the Austin Wintery score. I've heard the score. There's it looks like Journey Underwater. But it's, yeah, it's definitely a different ensemble, but... Ugh. Like, I'm just picturing what's happening right now, and it's like, ugh. Beautiful uh, game. It's, it's absolutely Beautiful gorgeous. game. It makes you feel All right. cold. Technical? Mm-hmm. Something techy. Analog, chirpy. Like a machine room kind of thing. But I don't think I would think mine like, has like a music uh, score to it. I hate to throw out guesses, but I would guess like uh, I don't remember Portal ever getting that's this exactly on. what I was thinking. Portal of Portal. Two. It's uh, Portal. Uh, oh, I wish I would have said room, something. Yeah. I was gonna say Infamous. I was gonna say I was like I can't remember if Portal had like a score. Portal always seems so neutral for the most part yeah. while you're playing. The it. The only is. thing I think of when I think of Portal and music is still alive, mm -hmm. and then the song they sing at the end of Portal Two. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can't remember what it still is. Alive is still alive. I have still alive on my phone. Game songs oh. There's so many that right Maybe now I don't even want to like stop playing music and just talking about it because there's so many great songs. But I know this is going to be a nightmare. Let's just talk to about how awesome out. Glados was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keith, you were telling me something uh, at dinner tonight that I was not aware of. Would you mind sharing that uh, portal-based portal information? <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. Yes, apparently that's J.J. Abrams' big project he's working on is a live-action portal movie. Bye! I saw that on IGN the other day. Oh! oh. Taylor, are we allowed to know that? Oh. Steven's Lord face is melting off right now like yes. a Nazi so from Nick. the end this of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, trailer like a communist. shows up. It's just gonna. Oh my! And but awesome. they they have to have the same girl. It oh, has yeah. to be. This, oh. I just like remember. I remember how much I freaked out when I heard Glados's voice in the the Pacific, Pacific Rim, Rim trailer. Now, do you want to like in my mind now? I'm like picture like, do you want to do Glados well, CG or like an, like a puppet? Oh, I'm no, thinking you, outside the movie. Is there like a Black Mesa? Is Gordon Freeman <laughs> oh, gonna show oh, up? Oh, I can't somewhere? handle it. My head explodes. <laughs> like, like a half life. My like, head explodes. Oh, there's oh. so many so many good things. Oh, I can go to sleep good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All of the dreams. Oh man! But so do you have as Chell? Daisy Ridley as Chell. <laughs> uh, but you they do oh, it like take awesome. my money now, JJ Abrams. <laughs> He's already worked with her. They have a rapport. They'll be okay. Uh, so many good things, Dad you guys. Come, man. Yeah. So what's the difference between good music and great music? In the my opinion, yeah, it's, it's originality. It's when. Uh, it, you know, the thing is, is I, I don't believe there's any bad composers that are working, but I've heard a lot of scores that I wouldn't consider great. And a lot of it is because there's a paint-by-the-numbers mentality that a lot of a lot of producers are scared to take that risk from, from what, I've, what I'm guessing or what I've seen in the past. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want the John Williams score. They don't want something hummable, something that would be separated from the project. They want just something that will serve the project. And, you know, you can have a good project with average music. That's fine. But if you want something that's truly great, I think that you uh, you give a little bit of creative leeway to the composer and let him do his thing. Because, I mean, they're all – if you're a working composer, you're, you know your stuff. I mean, you're pretty good. What do you think, Chris? 
Yeah, I, th- I think originality is a, is a huge key point, and also building that world like with the the portal one we just heard it's all texture based it's all there's no like you said john williams things it's but it puts you in the world where you can't separate the music from the thing you can't hear not hear the music and be in the in the room of that video game and know exactly that spot of where you're supposed to be right mm-hmm. so if, if you were to take a game and take a soundtrack and just sort of spin a wheel and and interchange the soundtracks for certain games should great soundtracks work in any environment or are they specific mm-hmm. to the environment that you I think even more so. I mean, certain composers, I you know, I, I, I liken unto certain projects to where I can't imagine if somebody other than Gary Scheiman scored Bioshock or if somebody other than Jeremy Soule scored Skyrim. I just, that doesn't compute. Hmm. Even a really great composer just wouldn't have been the same. To me, they've got their imprint all over the project. Hmm. What do you think, Chris? It's like someone doing impersonation. Like, uh, we were just talking about, like, uh, watching Saturday Night Live and, and someone impersonating somebody else yeah it, it might sound good but if it, when the composer is just right for the job they all their nuances just really lend to different intricacies that you can't replicate mm-hmm. Jackie what do you think musical scores for games what's the difference between good and great I think I mean because for me personally it's like the connection that you get with the game the music helps to move the game along in my opinion Anytime I play a video game or I watch a movie in the theaters, I'm always paying attention to the score. And usually I I don't intend to, but I sometimes end up judging the game or the uh, movie by how well the score was oh, done yeah, and right. how well it uh, hmm. connects with the story and how it accents things. Like, I mean, I could remember the Avengers because of how it made me feel watching the movie like I remember the Avengers theme song because of how it made me feel like yeah. them horns like I always get really excited <laughs> when there's Silvestri. yes I always get really yeah. excited when they write really good horn parts I remember uh Rise of the Guardians the DreamWorks movie mm-hmm. loved that movie because the the music for it was just fantastic like I remember sitting in the theater the entire time just thinking oh this is great oh that was great I like what he did there <laughs> like I like that I like can you think of a, of a poor game or even a poor movie that had a great soundtrack, but the movie was terrible, but the soundtrack was golden? Uh, Dawn, oh, of Justice. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Dawn of Justice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like I like the soundtrack. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't I wasn't I was whelmed by the soundtrack to Dawn of Justice. Really, I saw Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL, and I was like, yes. Uh, eh. I thought it was, I thought it was alright. See, okay, I can think it of a crappy, very professional. A crappy very movie with a good soundtrack for me. I like Amazing Spider-Man Two. I like the soundtrack for Amazing Spider-Man Two, but the movie was, was terrible. But, but, but flip that. Crappy movie, good soundtrack. Good soundtrack, bad movie, oh, or bad, yeah. bad, good bad movie. Music. Bad. This is probably incriminating or something. Strike that reverse. But yeah. I will say one of my favorite film scores is a, a Thomas Newman score he did for Meet Joe Black. Okay, mm. which was not a great movie. No, and but the music it was an interesting was absolutely premise. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I've played some games that I couldn't, you know, I, I gave them a try and they looked good, but the music was just so crappy I can't keep going. Really? So music will, you, you can't that's, just... That's when you just Well, I will play music games off. based on who wrote the music, but I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and I will play a bad game with good music. I will. But, um, well, up to a point. But, I mean, I remember, do you remember Dragon's Dogma? Yes. They're talking about this huge RPG that came out and then you listen to it, it's like 80s rock with symphonic orchestra mm-hmm. over a medieval setting with dragons and it just eh. didn't work no it like, sounds like a cool concept uh, sounds like brutal legend it's <laughs> like a, a a dragon aged wannabe one of the uh i mean i i like creating my own soundtracks for video games i've always liked doing that when i was a kid i would set up our family's big chunky vhs camcorder in front of the tv 
I was oh, now I'm thinking about it. This that's what YouTube. I created YouTube, you guys. Camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I set up my camcorder in front of, my, and I would record myself playing video games. But I would either drop the soundtrack if you could change, you know, mute the, the levels of the soundtrack, or just turn the volume down on the TV and play my own theme songs. So I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog while I'm playing Running Down a Dream by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm. You know, I, I always like creating my own soundtrack experience for things. That's one of my rules in life. Anything worth doing is worth creating a soundtrack for. And um, there, there's the, the free game of the month on PlayStation Network, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, is one of them is Transformers Devastation. Yes. Which is a, a cool game, pretty standard lather, rinse, repeat, beat em up game. Uh, you know, think Devil May Cry, but with giant robots. But um, just nothing wrong with that. Repetitive, but, uh, but you play play as the cel-shaded original generation 1 cartoon versions of the transformers. So it's cool. But the soundtrack very generic and forgettable, very just super the elevator music of heavy metal. Just mm. meh. But I Spotify created my own playlist of Transformers music, which included some of the Vince DiCola music from the original 1986 Transformers movie, uh, a couple of the heavy metal songs, like from Lion's version of the Transformers theme song, and Stan Bush, you've got the touch, you know? (laughs) And then in in doing some research for this playlist, I found, and this sounds really stupid, but bad game, good soundtrack, the Angry Birds Transformers game. The score for that was an original score <laughs> written by Vince DiCola. Wow. And I'm like, well, that's a weird thing that they got Vince DiCola to do the music for the Angry Birds Transformers game, but not the actual Transformers game. So, man, I just downloaded that Angry Birds Transformers soundtrack, and it's pretty legit. I'm going to play it for you after the show. It's like, it feels like I'm watching Transformers. I'm playing Transformers. That was my, That's my soundtrack for that game. Uh, I always enjoy making different things. I would love to hear... To all the members of our Nerdy God Squad, what your perfect like fantasy soundtrack would be. If you're taking a, a video game and you're going to mash it up with an artist or, or a particular song, how would you combine that? I want to know the very best. If you come up with the answer that moves me the most deep down in my heart, uh, I will send you something for free from our Nerd of God stash, and the crowd will rejoice at your victory. Rejoice. Yay. Victory. Yay. Um, so music has been the theme tonight. Uh, I, I have learned what an ostinato was and a light motif. Tony, what's an ostinato? Uh, that is when uh, someone from Texas is driving a car. <laughs> I got an ostinato. <laughs> Not to be confused with a Dallas Schwinn. So, sorry. Austin, auto. Uh, <laughs> I feel so disappointed in myself now. <laughs> you made a Steve-O joke. <laughs> I did. I had an Aleppo moment. Um, oh, what is Aleppo? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I forgot. He's still Jeopardy. That's what it was. <laughs> what is Aleppo? Uh, topical uh, humor tonight. Uh, so last thoughts on music, on rhythm, on melody, on scores, on soundtracks. What What soundtrack should we be listening to in our playlist right now, Jackie? Music, movies, Games. What? what soundtrack should we download and hold near and dear to our hearts for the uninitiated? Uninitiated? I mean, I always end up going back to the Zelda Symphony. Very City good. Just there is nothing wrong with that. Th- that's that's my uh, that's my pillow. And you say Skyward Sword is the best of the Zelda music? It's my favorite. Um, the music has evolved a lot since the eight bit, and hearing the. Um, real i'm gonna do quote real instruments uh playing that music that like we've grown up hearing in the 8-bit it just 
makes me really happy. The London Symphony Orchestra did yes. a soundtrack, an album of just video game soundtracks. Yes, they and did. And they did a wonderful version of the original Legend of Zelda theme. It almost sounds mm-hmm. like Star Wars. It sounds so, so good. Like, I play that for people, like, is this is this Star Wars? It sounds like, so good. No, and it, to me, like, that's what I always heard it as. Like, that's, I always heard the grand swells of the orchestra, the crashing mm-hmm. and the, the splendor. And uh, the, so when I'm running through the woods with a surveying stake that I pulled out of the ground as my <laughs> sword, uh, that that was always my, my Zelda soundtrack. Uh, what's something, uh, a movie or a game soundtrack that should be on our playlist, Jessica? I mean, I made my own Marvel playlist, but I would say... For video games, Mr. Pandaria, yeah. World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel? Like I can do anything. All right, she's alive. <laughs> Nick, you're the soundtrack man. What should we be listening to? Gladiator, by Hans Zimmer. Beautiful soundtrack. Uh, a very a, a great range on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The- to Lisa Gerard singing. <laughs> <laughs> you have another one. Uh, the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's an interesting choice. Is that my Daft Punk? That is Daft yeah. Punk. And I really, I like the original, the Wendy Carlos Tron yeah. soundtrack from the '80s because very analogy. It felt like very. It felt very like I was in a video game. Sounding, yeah. I'm, I'm in a game, I'm, and and I love it. And it translated so well to the arcade cabinet experience uh-huh. when you're playing Tron or discs of Tron, as the case may be. And uh, but but Daft Punk did a really great job. That was a movie that. Wasn't that great of a movie, but just the cinematography and the music alone kind of make it really yeah. worth it. Great, mo- great movie in that regard. I mean, the story was and uh, CG uh, young uh, Jeff, Bridges. Jeff Bridges just you know, but I don't know. Cool looking movie, cool sounded movie. Uh, Stevo, um, are you cheating right now? No, are you no, 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 no. I was. I like Nick Cave as a composer. He's like not one that many people really Mm -hmm. think. Nicholas Cage. No, (laughs) (laughs) the bees. The the bees. (laughs) No, Nick Cave. And I and I'm trying to think of like the road. He did. Yeah, but there's one I can't think of. I know he did a song on Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One that I love, but that's not a soundtrack. That's just a song. Um, So I can't recall it right now. But uh, I would have to, for me if it's a licensed one, I'm going Fallout Three, and you if they do have scores in that, that's fantastic. Um, but movie wise, you know, I just I love The Dark Knight Rises. That's mm-hmm. I I love that. It just I love the the it had the callbacks to the first two, but then you have like Bane's theme. It's a and Force Awakens soundtrack. I love Ray's theme. I can't can decide. To me, the the whole Dark Knight Rises soundtrack. If you just get the last track to that, which is just the closing, it's like a seven and a half minute long. You pretty much have the whole album. You're in good shape there. It swells. It makes you feel good about Batman, and then it rides you off into the into the sunset. I love the whole, like I love the whole thing. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I also Force Awakens is still just like Ray's theme just gets me every time. And then when they go back to that last track, like where you have like Luke's theme mixed, oh, it's so good. Sorry, I like I like at the end of the um, the Michael Giacchino Star Trek soundtrack when they bring in that sort of enterprising young men the the new Star Trek theme, and he overlaps it and layers it with the original Alexander Courage Star Trek yeah, theme. That's really I really like that. I, I, you, I, I don't feel like you were a big fan of the Star Star Trek soundtrack, Keith. I, I remember riding down the road with you one day and playing it, and you're like, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what What should be on our soundtrack? Man, that's such a broad question. Right. What I know. What, what should we be listening about? to? In you're what the context? You know, it's uh, 
<clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm thinking about quirky video game things for fun, stuff like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And, <laughs> you know, and I could go with the majestic, you know, the obvious stuff that we've already talked about, like the Jeremy Soul stuff. Um, I will say there's one, there's one score that had a huge influence on me that should get more attention. And weirdly enough, it's uh, The Secret of Nim. Ooh. Oh, very nice. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. And Good. the thing is, is uh, it, it, it sounds like... It, it just sounds very real. It's, yeah. it, it, it's not polished like we're used to now. You hear Goldsmith's writing through the whole thing. And he's he was just such a master, just a terrific writer. And uh, everything's beautifully recorded. Yeah. To me, 80s animation belongs to, to Richard Donner. Uh, from the Secret of Nim to an American Tale oh. uh, to the Dragon's Lair games. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, James Horner. Five Goes West. There you go. Here, I, no. I, I will lay down no. the James Horner. No, Five Goes West is terrible. Hey. Five Goes West is terrible. I love Five Goes West. <laughs> also, Wait, well, you don't like it? No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. Land Before that, Time, yes. Five okay. Goes West, Land Before no. Time 1, yes. Yes. You know, they're like, there's like 16 of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they won't stop. Many. They're right. like the now Gremlins collections. Gremlins Hollywood. Um, well, if you haven't heard John Powell's uh, Dragons, oh yeah, I love that. Well, tell me what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I do good. have that. Yeah, that's, I have that on my playlist. I love, I love. That's my style. That's like the fun fantasy kids adventure. I but I don't that. even, I don't even care that much for the movies themselves. Oh, like I, love I could that. take, I, I could the take movies. them or leave them. But the soundtrack, I will is sit really there good. and oh, listen yeah. to the soundtrack. The soundtrack's way yep. better. Like to me, like it's a really cool, satisfying experience. Yeah, that's on my, that's on my epic movies playlist. Yep. Very good. I'm gonna look at my epic movies playlist. I'll, I'll make my recommendations. I have good playlists on Spotify. Y'all should follow me. Hey, I, was, I was gonna say uh, a couple challenges. If you if you just like tell me about your day slowly with time from Inception in the background, oh. it will sound epic. Anything. Just tell <laughs> Anything. me about your day and have order time Chinese playing. food with time playing. <laughs> yeah. Read the phone book. That's another like brilliant. Yeah. Like he, it's he, so he, he took the the music they used for the jump the signal the jump for Inception and they slowed it down to make like they were like the boom boom like the real uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. He's That's a genius. Really, and listen to like uh, really, from a new world. Really good soundtrack. And you can just hear the influences of like the next what century of music and film and video games. Oh yeah, definitely. And planets. Um, one of, some of the ones that I put on my, my movie playlist that I've really been enjoying is um, Hugo's soundtrack. Uh, oh, I'm not sure yeah. for the movie Hugo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really perfect. cool, cool music. Neat body to it. Um, I put in, um, so of course, Hans Zimmer, Dark Knight, so Stephen doesn't pee. Um, one that I, I, I had kind of overlooked and ignored, but I went back to it and I, I've been enjoying it. Is uh, Nick Glennie Smith, The Man in the Iron Mask? Oh, Do you remember wow. that movie? Yep. Yeah, Leo With DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio, yeah. And, and Leo DiCaprio. And Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> both of them. And Jeremy Irons. Randall and, Wallace and directed that. I, I didn't know that. Great, great job. <laughs> what, wait, what happened? Double gold, gold star. star. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. But uh, that was a really cool, it, it's a cool soundtrack, and I never really noticed it. I never paid attention to it, but I found it online. I've been enjoying it. I uh, got Tron Legacy on there, of course, everything from Lord of the Rings. Mm. Uh, everything. Uh, Alan Silvestri, just wonderful stuff. Um, Who scored Lord of the Rings? Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Howard Shore. Wow. The incomparable Howard Shore. Uh, Lisa Gerard from Gladiator. Mm -hmm. Steve Jablonski. Mm -hmm. What do you know about Steve Jablonski, Keith? Well, I see Desperate Housewives okay. into that Transformers. That wouldn't have been where I would have started in Transformers. <laughs> so some top I thought shelf. you said Steven Tobolowski at first. I'm like, oh, he's a character actor. Steve Jablonski, yeah. <laughs> um, Ender's Game. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. I thought about that one. And a cool soundtrack for Ender's Game. I, I like it. Wild Teacher orchestrated that. Oh, really? Wow. Ooh, it's all who you know. And you know the guy who orchestrated Ender's Game. Um, 
It always starts out for me with the sacrifice of Faramir. That's how my playlist always starts. Oh, for, nice. And then you got Billy Boyd in the back, you know, hold me behind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my heart. Don't die, Faramir. Uh, so make your own soundtracks. Share them with us. Let us know what movie and game songs really get you going, uh, make you cry, make you throw up your fists, get your game rage on. Uh, music is... Uh, a very important part of us. Music is a part, important part of our faith experience. Uh, the number one reason why people leave churches is because they don't like the music. Um, really? Yes, that is it. Statistically, people mm-hmm. will leave churches because of their children's program or lack thereof or because they don't care for the music. Huh. Um, <laughs> Keith gives a tight-lipped and knowing grin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, why do, why do people get so bent out of shape over that as part of our faith experience? Like, why is that such an important element of our faith? I think because is that a question? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm I would say because we approach church in America with a consumer mindset. Okay. Instead of joining in a local body of Christ to assimilate into the body and do the work of the church and be the church together, we shop. Look for a theater. Mm-hmm. We shop, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, is if you're a worshiper, you can go into a church where they're worshiping to whatever music, and it may not even be the same language. I thought I saw him on the hill the other day. I think a lot of churches put too much pressure on music. I honestly think that, and I'm a music pastor at a church in Palm Beach Gardens, but I, I can say that if you get together with a group of believers and sing a couple songs a cappella, you'll have church. Yeah. I used to, uh, we used to do something, uh, in our youth group called I Pray, where we'd all get together, put on worship music, and just pray. And because I didn't want, at the time, I felt like I was reacting to music and that to God and in His Spirit, I would just put on loud instrumental, mm-hmm. just music. So nothing like even anything that hurt. And worship slash pray to that. So that way it was more like I wasn't letting anything else distract me, but I was just kind of one on one with God. So is music, is worship music and that musical experience, is that a valuable tool? for us connecting with God or, or kind of approaching that? Or do you do you find it as being more of a cultural hindrance? I feel like I've opened... Here's the last yeah, two minutes yeah. of the show. Let's yeah, get right. real serious. Yeah, right. We're going to talk for another half hour. I mean, you could say that it's almost like a stimuli because if you have a good worship experience with a certain song and then you replay that certain song, you could jump right back into the same mentality, which connects you like a, like a, like a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a save state right there. Save my game at this song and yeah, then exactly. always go back to it. Well, music by its very nature is emotionally manipulative. Right. And uh, we can't get so drawn to that that we're stuck in that in a church situation. So what's the positive? What's a healthy way to I use think music that as if a tool? Our theology informs our worship, then uh, I think that we just go into worship and you know, the music can move us, but if we've got our mind on God and, and we're, we've got our mind on legitimate worship, then that's what we should be doing. So what's a healthy end game for using music in a worship environment? What, what should the purpose of it be? In my opinion, it's to, uh, first off, you loosen up everybody who's there Sunday morning and they're, you know, they've got the week on them and you've got to basically strip that off and prepare them so that when the preacher preaches the word, they're prepared to receive it. Hmm. There, there, I, I do notice that there's, because everybody comes in from different points or different uh, emotional levels or, or different stress levels or uh, whatever, they're, even their faith levels, when they're unified through that, I think it does uh, 
the job at putting us all on the same page. We're singing corporately, we're worshiping corporately, we're focused on the same themes, the same ideas, and uh, that unifies our heart. I think that kind of puts us in a position where we're now all primed to to hear the word, to be inspired by the teaching of the word. So, um, just a thought. Anything else? I mean, just to build on that, I know that for me, it's very tough to, you know, talk about corporate it's very tough for me to just come in during the second song or even afterwards and you know when the spirit is already taken over and i walk in and i'm like i'm not i'm not in this i'm like, not at the I, same level as you yeah, guys if i'm not there from the very beginning um, i'm not going to be able to catch up that's why i still don't play street fighter 2 because they didn't have an arcade in my town when i was a kid and everybody got really good at it before i could and i just never wanted to waste my quarters that's not spiritual <laughs> <laughs> but it's true um uh, okay, I mean, you know, just worship the Christian music industry and uh, is definitely what it is, and we don't have the time nor the luxury <laughs> to loft our opinions, criticisms, or uh, commentary on that. Analysis. But but, uh, but we, we do share music as a very important part of our Christian culture, uh, whether it's old-time gospel, redback hymnals, uh, or even, you know, the old high church songs, you know, um, you know, all hail the power of Jesus. But name. not Southern gospel. But not Southern gospel. God help us, not Southern gospel. Uh, you know, to Hillsong. And, and, you know, we do have to be guarded. We want to make sure that we don't make idols of the music because ultimately the message is, uh, the music is a, a conveyance for the message, but the message is really the, the truth and what we should put a premium on. Uh, but, you know, just like anything else, enjoy, experience, be uh, be captivated, but don't be enslaved by any of the things that we love, lest our treasures become our tombs. Hmm. So, I think that's all the time we have for tonight. <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> refreshing. That's right. And we're good. I've slowly been playing a really deep frequency somewhere <laughs> for somebody yeah, right. during that last moment. It's vibrating your heart, and now you can breathe. Has there been any like Christian worship bands that like have just a drone texture as their like theme? It's not like a melodic You know, it's the weirdest thing I've seen on some websites lately that you can buy Drones? a pad huh. to play in the service in between songs. That kind of goes down sideways with me, but I'm a pianist who you know, tinkles on the piano when people are talking. But huh. apparently some churches use that. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. This is not like drone worship yet? Uh, like texture-based I, I worship? Gregorian chants. Gregorian chants? Well, no, uh, even those like move around. But like, uh, like, like uh, what was it, Portal we listened to? Uh -huh. It was like not melodic bass. It's just like texture to push you into space. Huh. I think, my, I think of curious. Amazing Grace on like bagpipes. Like soundscapes rather than oh, like. Soundscapes, exact soundscape worship. Yeah. Ask ask a, a bagpiper to play Amazing Grace, and they'll just die a little inside. Like a piece of their soul will leave them. Well, what else is there for the bagpipes? I mean, that's all there is. That's, yeah. Don't talk to a bagpipe player. <laughs> to me, if I feel like it's a fourth grader bringing home his little three-piece plastic recorder and playing when the saints go marching in, oh, because that's what they Does that's what they teach Does anyone remember them. recorder karate, or was that just my generation? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was your generation. I okay. never played recorder karate. What is recorder karate? Recorder karate is um, something they either did or still do in elementary school to where they'll take you in the class, you get your little recorders, and they start you off with hot cross buns. You get hot cross buns. Well, you get the white belt, which is like a little string oh, of white yeah, yeah, yarn. Yeah. I, I, I didn't on, realize what that was. Yeah. I remember when my son was in elementary school, all the kids had the recorders with yarn yeah. around it. You yeah, know, they never did that for me. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what it was. I, I thought it was, it was gang based or something like that. I played, I played violin, so there was no recorder. <laughs> I was like, I think it was a relatively new thing when I was in elementary school. And I remember because me being the nerd that I am, I was like, I'm going to get, I got the black belt in like two days. I was like, yeah. 
Let's do this. I'm playing all the hot cross buttons. I think I think the black belt Chinese was Ode to Joy. That's terrible. Is it really 11 o'clock? Yes. Yeah. Holy crap in a hat. That's all the time we have for tonight from the Nerd of Godcast. I want to say thank you so much to our guests tonight, Christopher LaRue and Keith Stacy. Thank you guys for being with us tonight. Thank you. A rousing round of snaps for them, everybody. Yay! I can only snap with one hand. I can't really snap. That was a really robust <laughs> snap, Nicholas. Nope, not even close. That was really good. I peed a little bit when you did that. Do it one more time. Nice. One more time. That's that good. Gum. That is, man. You're going to call, the, call the cows snap. home with that one right there. Uh, for Nick the Engineer. Goodbye. For the twins, Jackie and Jess. Bye. For the uh, the silent but lovely Ellen Catherine, your social media navigator. Bye. <laughs> She's been sitting quietly in the background the entire time, but I felt I would be remiss if I were not to acknowledge her. And uh, for with me as always, Steve O. Supremo. Peace, I'm out. My name is Tony T. You've been listening to the Nerd of Godcast. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, please visit us online at our Patreon page. You can link through it through our website, nerdofgodcast.com. Throw a couple dollars at us and tell us that you love it. Just think of it as an online tip jar. Uh, we definitely appreciate it, and it helps to offset the costs of the ongoing expenses of this ministry. Again, don't forget to follow us online, all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Nerd of Godcast, or you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, uh, we ain't got to go home. But we but wait, 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 wait. It's a musical episode, so we sing it. We ain't got to go home, but we can't stay here. Tried matching. <laughs> Everyone shut up. Need the lyrics to this. Can I try? Okay, it? there are lyrics. It's gum. And it is. Can I try it though? Shh. Nice. Sorry. Wait, we take. Sorry. <clears throat> yes, the theme song does have lyrics, and it, it is Tony Talavera, Tony Talavera. And then it's He's Tony, He's Tony, He's the Nerd of God, the Nerd of God. Thank you, ladies hey. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Try not revealed. singing along with that next time. Tony Talavera, That'll ruin it for Tony you forever. Right. Yeah, because he's not the only one on the show, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> he's the one who asked me to write the theme. Oh.